This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Well, a capacity crowd have packed themselves into the Martinsville Speedway this afternoon for today's running of the 27th annual Virginia National Bank 500. It's the eighth race of the 1982 Winston Cup Series, and today's race has to be the richest short track event in the world for Grand National Cars, and it's pulled in all the top drivers from all around the country. They're all here this afternoon to do their thing at Martinsville in what has become some of the best short track racing in the country. And Mike Joy, I think this afternoon the fans here will really, as we say every week, get their nickels worth today for sure. Well, certainly. Not only the Winston Cup regulars, but the number of drivers off NASCAR's late model sportsman circuit that seem to come and do well at Martinsville, a track where they run four or five times a year with sportsmen and the Grand National cars in the top 20 for today's race. Names familiar from the sportsman circuit like Jeff Bodine and Morgan Shepard, Butch Lindley, Brad Teague, and graduates of that circuit like Dale Earnhardt to mix it up with the established veterans of the sport. It should be quite a day. Well, of course, this is the prettiest half-mile track in the country. There's no doubt about that. It almost looks like a picnic ground more than anything else, but once they drop the green flag here, that illusion goes out the window in a hurry. It's been a frustrating week for some of the Winston Cup drivers. For others, it's been kind of a very pleasing and satisfying week. Notably, Jake Elder and his driver, Terry Labonte, have been all smiles here at Martinsville this week. After coming so close to winning the Bush Pole last week at North Wilkesboro, having the fastest time on day one of qualifying, and the second day back, they couldn't quite get it done. Waltrip came in and took the pole away. And this week, they came here loaded for bear. It's paid off for them. They'll start in the number one spot here this afternoon. They call Labonte the Iceman. He does his talking with his foot and with his steering wheel, and he's a very quiet driver. But I've never seen him as talkative as he's been this weekend on different subjects, on how the race car is running and, and how their season is going. He's just really excited, and with a bulge like he has in the Winston Cup point lead, why not? Well, he's got everything going for him right now. Jake Elder keeps him pump up week after week, and I think Jake has been the big difference not only in the team but in the driver of Terry Labonte. He's kind of coming out of his shell, as they say in this sport. A frustrating week for the Junior Johnson team, almost unheard of, that Junior and Darrell Waltrip or whoever had been in his car over the past years would not make the field in the first day of qualifying, but it happened to them here at Martinsville this week. They didn't get in the top ten here on Thursday afternoon. Coming back on Friday, they qualified, and the best they could do on Friday was in 12th starting spot. They worked on the car right up to race time, staying on the track until the last minute yesterday afternoon in practice, and even moments ago, they completed an engine change here this morning that was put in the car probably in the last 30 minutes. And, Barney, they just put, pushed that car to the NASCAR inspection station. All the other cars are on the line, but as you mentioned, they did change that engine this morning. They had an oil seal leak in the rear of the engine. They didn't want to take a chance with it. But who knows, they might have had one that they'd been working on back in Ronda, North Carolina, and uh, maybe producing a little bit more horsepower. But they got it about ready to roll on the track now. Well, that's the latest from Pit Road from two-time Winston Cup champ Ned Jarrett. He'll be covering that area for us today on MRN. Lined up on the backstretch here at Martinsville Speedway, 31 of the nation's finest Winston Cup stock cars set to go in the Virginia National Bank 500. Three drivers were here that did not qualify for the 500. They included Ronnie Thomas, Tommy Gale and the Elmo Langley Sonny King Ford. John Anderson tried to get that car into the field on Friday afternoon. Joe Fields of Richmond, Virginia also failed to make the field. But 30 cars qualified and the 31st got into the field using the NASCAR provisional starting spot for top 25 car owners. So taking a look at the starting lineup, going 31st today is J.D. McDuffie out of Sanford, North Carolina, driving the Max Doors Pontiac. 30th is ARCA driver Bob Shack of Lombard, Illinois, the Test Tube Oldsmobile. 29th starter driving the Western Carolina Forklift Buick out of the Cecil Gordon shop is Lenny Pond out of Chester, Virginia. 
Going 28th on the field in the James Hilton Palatine Auto Parts Pontiac, Slick Johnson of Florence, South Carolina. And 27th on the field out of Charlotte, North Carolina, driving the UNO-sponsored Henley Gray Racing Buick will be Buddy Baker. Well, Buddy Baker won his, one of his few short track wins here at Martinsville a year or so ago, and I talked with Baker, who's here this weekend to run the race, and his win here, he remembers it for a lot of reasons. It was, Barney, because, you know, all the way through my whole racing career, all I've ever heard was I was a major speedway driver, and, you know, I ran second in the, in the first race and then come back and won the second one up here, and, and uh, it's the type of racetrack that I like to drive on, and uh, of all my short track experiences, I'd say that Martinsville's one of my favorites, and... Believe it or not, I'm, I'm really having a good time this week. With, uh, the car seems to be fairly good. Uh, it's not quite as fast maybe coming off the corners as uh, some of the cars I've driven up here, but uh, all in all, it's a pretty decent race car. Of course, Baker will be in the Henley Gray car here this weekend. Clay Earls tries to get all the drivers, all the top drivers in the nation, to come to run this race here at Martinsville so the fans will have a chance to see them in short track action. 26 starter on the field today is Donnie Allison from Hueytown, Alabama, the Simonized Buick. And I don't think I've ever seen Donnie in a better frame of mind. He's just so tickled to be back in a race car. He's about 98% fully recovered from the accident down at Charlotte Motor Speedway last year, and he's really looking forward to 1982. He's in a good frame of mind. I hope he can have a good finish here this afternoon. D.K. Eldrick starts 25th this afternoon from Harrisburg, North Carolina, in the Eldrick Racing Buick. 24 starter, hometown favorite Buddy Arrington from nearby Martinsville in the Jim Hills Racing Dodge, and he always gets pumped up for this race. He should have a pretty good finish here today if he doesn't have any mechanical troubles. Jimmy Means, the young driver from now from Forest City, North Carolina, starts the Broadway Motors Buick back in 23rd spot. 22nd, Kyle Petty, Randomba, North Carolina, the STP Pontiac. Flanking him in row 11, Jimmy Hensley from nearby Ridgeway, Virginia, and the Midlothian Texaco Buick. Starting 20th today at Martinsville will be Lake Speed, the former world go-kart champion out of Jackson, Mississippi, in his Yazoo Lawnmowers Buick. 19th qualifier, Richard Petty out of Randleman, North Carolina, in his STP Pontiac. Well, it's been kind of a frustrating week also for the Petty team here this week. They've had more than their share of troubles. They've worked right up to race time also yesterday. And Richard talked about how tough it's getting just to get in even the second day of qualifying. I know one thing, getting harder to qualify. You know, you still qualified in the first three or four, and then I got in the first eight or ten. Now I'm lucky to get in the first 20. So, uh, you know, I don't know what these boys all do to qualify, but they, they can really get qualified good. They really don't run that good in the race, but, uh, you know, they still they qualifying good, and then they'll run good for a few laps, and then it scatters out, and it still winds up being, the, you know, the same six, seven people that you got to be. 18th starter, Jody Ridley, the former Rookie of the Year from Chatsworth, Georgia, and Junie Donlevy's J.D. Stacy Ford. Brad Teague, the late model sportsman standout from Johnson City, Tennessee, will put his Food Country USA Chevrolet in 17th spot. Going 16th, the Richmond 400 winner, Dave Marcus of Skyland, North Carolina, in his J.D. Stacy Chevrolet. And going 15th is Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, in the Bud Moore Wrangler Jeans Ford. 14th starter on the field this afternoon, Butch Lindley from Greenville, South Carolina, the Zervakis Racing Buick. And Butch told me on pit road this morning that if his car doesn't have any mechanical problems, he thinks he can win the race here today. It'll be interesting to see how well he fares once they put him under green here very shortly. Ron Bouchard, Fitchburg, Massachusetts, starts in 13th position, the J.D. Stacy Buick. In 12th starting spot, Darrell Waltrip. And as we said a moment ago, I don't think anybody can even remember when Junior Johnson's car, unless it had a mechanical problem, didn't make it in the first round of qualifying. Well, I can't remember it either, so... Uh... 
I'm sure there probably have been other occasions, but not since I've been driving the car. Uh, you know, we just got here and, and we thought we were running pretty good. We were running uh, in the low 21s and felt like we were in good shape. And all of a sudden, everybody just picked up uh, two or three tenths on us and we didn't really know what to do. So uh, we went ahead and qualified hoping for the best and we, you know, we were 11th. So uh, here we are again today, trying again today. Well, he ended up in 12th position. 11th starter on the field, Joe Rutman of Upland, California, in the Raymock Enterprises Racing Buick. Going 10th will be Mark Martin, the champion spark plug rookie point leader from Batesville, Arkansas, and North Liberty, Indiana, in his Apache Stoves Buick. Ninth starter will be Neil Bonnet out of Hueytown, Alabama, driving the Wood Brothers Warner W. Hodgson Ford from nearby Stewart, Virginia. Eighth starter in the J.D. Stacy Buick, the number two car is Tim Richmond out of Ashland, Ohio. And going seventh in the Diegard Gatorade Chevrolet, Bobby Allison, the leader of the Alabama gang from Hueytown. Sixth starter is the defending champion of the Virginia National Bank 500, Morgan Shepard, the former late model sportsman standout, now Grand National regular with his Buddy Parrott prepared Levi Garrett Buick out of the Ron Benfield organization. And starting fifth in the car that Shepard won with here last year. Jeff Bodine out of Shemung, New York, now living in Pleasant Garden, North Carolina. He's got Cliff Stewart's Performance Connection Pontiac in the fifth spot at 89.3 miles per hour. In row two, starting fourth this afternoon, Harry Gant from Chesapeake, Virginia. Well, let's make that Ricky Rudd. I've got Harry on the mind here on a tape we're going to play here shortly. In fourth position is Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, the Piedmont Airlines Racing Pontiac. Then it's Gant starting third this afternoon from Taylorsville, North Carolina, in the 7-Eleven Skull Bandit Racing Buick. Second starter on the field, Benny Parsons, Ellaby, North Carolina, and the J.D. Stacy Pontiac. And on the pole here this afternoon, Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas. And that pole run had to be especially satisfying for Terry and Jake Elder, the crew chief on the car. But Labonte would take very little credit for getting the job done here on Thursday. He said the crew was the reason. They really are, and, and it's, that's exactly what it is, just a big team effort. Uh, this is the same car we wrecked last week at Wilkesboro, and the guys all work late at the shop every night. Uh, getting it, the thing ready and, and back right so we could run it up here. And I think everybody at the shop had a part of it. Terry told us yesterday that that is the world's best masochist race car. He says the more you damage it, the better it finishes. And they've completely wrecked that car twice, and it's given them two runner-up finishes both times. Well, he'll be tough here this afternoon. I think he's kind of got his head together as far as he feels like he belongs up there now as much as Richard Petty or Darrell Waltrip or any of the front-running drivers, and he should be awfully strong here this afternoon. And Jake Elder says they have the car dialed in, and Ned Jarrett, you've been down talking with him. I think you'll agree with that. Yes, certainly do, uh, Barney, and handling is the key here at the Martinsville Speedway. However, horsepower is important, of course, because of the long straightaways and the way that you have to accelerate off the turns. But if you don't get through those turns so you can get a good run off there to use that acceleration, you just simply aren't going to get around the racetrack. And that's one thing that Jake Elder is a master at, is setting a car up to where it gets maximum traction off the turns. And that is one thing that helped to get them on the pole here today. And it's one thing that's going to help to maybe get their first win uh, of the year in that number 44. Well, I think a lot of people have really been surprised that Labonte hasn't won a race since he picked up that win at the Southern 500 about two years ago. Eli Gold will cover the action up in three and four this afternoon. 
This is always an interesting part of the racetrack, Barney. The turns here at Martinsville are built in a unique way. There is a curb that rims the inside of the turn, so oftentimes cars trying to squeeze down underneath somebody else find themselves in a rather perilous position. So the turns, very tight as they are here at Martinsville, always prove to be a, a major factor. And, of course, the abuse that the cars take by braking as severely as you have to here at Martinsville. Drivers have found themselves on the sidelines early because they have no brakes left in the auto. So another factor that has to be watched here in the turns. We'll be watching it from turn number four and a great crowd filing in. I don't know, folks are still piling in beneath us here near one of the main entrances to the Speedway, Barney. I don't know where they're going to put everybody. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Pontiac safety car takes the field down the back stretch. They're going to cut them loose this time. Uh, they were, the NASCAR officials were taking a look at the left front on Labonte's car, but did not find anything amiss. The field is in tow and set for a start. They are up in turn three. And right now, of course, your front row, Terry Labonte on the pole, Benny Parsons outside of him. Row number two, Harry Gatton, Ricky Rudd. The third row, Jeff Bodine and Morgan Shepard. A variance of age and experience, but everybody's set to go for 500 laps here at Martinsville. Pontiac safety car whips it in behind pit wall, and the green flag is displayed to them, and we are racing at Martinsville. As they whistle off into the first turn, Labonte gets the jump on everyone, takes it right down to the inside of the racetrack, and scrambles out all by himself. The battle is for second spot now between Parsons and Gant. They tag together a bit, and Gant gets the spot in three. Benny got shuffled back to the number four position. Meanwhile, Jeff Bodine moving tightly into the third spot as everybody shuffles up further back in the pack. It's a wild scramble to the line. A lot of the drivers, remember, top ones are starting back in the middle of the field. We'll keep our eye on them as they work their way up. Back in turn one, single file. Field strings out. Labonte in front. Gant second. As they head up the back stretch, back in the pack, Darrell Walker oh, gets back. in a scramble. Dale Earnhardt, Ron Bouchard got knocked up on the curbing. So did Richard and Kyle Petty. And the nose of Kyle Petty's machine has been stove in up against the radiator. Eli Gold will have a look at it as he comes by. Kyle Petty working down the back straightaway and now working towards us trying to hold his car down low, the right rear, or the right front, we should say, of that automobile, really crunched up impressively, little pieces dangling from the car. It's not a good situation for Kyle, who's now at the back of the field. Meanwhile, the leaders passing us here the third time by, it's Labonte in front of Harry Gant. That accident got triggered when Joe Rutman's car got loose down in turns one and two, came out of the gas, and everybody stacked up behind him. Looked like a couple of pieces of fiberglass flew off Kyle Petty's car and in the outside groove here in turns one and two. Still single file through the first six positions. They're back in turn three. Everybody trying to make a move. One moment there was Tim Richmond trying to sneak underneath Morgan Shepard. Those two battling for sixth spot. Heading back into the south end of the track, Labonte is in front. 
Gant rides second. Look for a strong run from him this afternoon. Bodine hangs on to third spot. Fourth is Parsons. Fifth is Bobby Allison. Sixth is Morgan Shepard. Then the seventh spot is Tim Richmond as they head back to turn three. Ricky Rudd goes eighth. Ninth is Neil Bonnet. Tenth now will be the 75 car for Joe Rutman. Eleventh is Ron Bouchard. Your leader is Labonte. Terry Labonte brings the back down to turn number one, and Harry Gant just fills up his bumper in his rearview mirror. Jeff Bodine in third, two car lengths back to Benny Parsons in fourth. Bobby Allison is fifth. Defending champion Morgan Shepard is sixth. Tim Richmond has the seventh spot. Ricky Rudd is eighth ahead of Neil Bonnet and the 75 car of Joe Rutman. Things are indeed beginning to heat up all the way back through the field. Labonte is still the leader. Gant rides along in second, but the battle everyone is watching right now is between Morgan Shepard and Bobby Allison, and already they've been tagging each other a little bit in the corners. Here they come, back into turn number one. Shepard tapped him a time or two up there, and he's going to try and get around him on the outside as they come off the corner, and Bobby will pull him by a couple of car lengths. It's going to cost Morgan a position. As also, Tim Richmond tries to pull by Morgan Shepard. Those two cars battling for sixth place now. Richmond to the inside of Morgan Shepard, and Morgan getting shuffled again to the outside. Shepard trying to hold on to some running room there. He's going to get again muscled out on that outside groove, and you can't do much running out there. And Richmond trying to move up a notch on him as he trails Bobby Allison out of the corner. They head back to three. It's still Terry Labonte. Your leader's already working through race traffic. Second is Harry Gant. Bodine is going third. Fourth to Benny Parsons. And that big battle for fifth on back. Oh, D.K. Ulrich loses something coming down at turn one. Pops it into the wall. Back end first, spinning it around. The caution caught the middle of the field from about fourth spot on back as the whole field comes slowly. The leaders are in the back stretch coming around to the line. It's Terry Labonte still showing the way right now. Harry Gant tucked in second. Bodine is third. Fourth is Benny Parsons. Bobby Allison is fifth. Tim Richmond sixth, followed by Neil Bonnet, Morgan Shepard, Ricky Rudd, and Ron Bouchard, your top ten. Well, it doesn't take long to get a caution here at Martinsville. It comes out on lap number 15. D.K. Ulrich looked like he might have lost an engine coming into the corner. A lot of smoke out from under the car. And as Mike Joy described, it skittered into the wall backwards and has done considerable damage to the rear of the car. The driver is okay. He's trying to fire the machine and see if it will move but the left rear of that car really caught the concrete hard and in a hurry. So the record will be dispatched, and we're under the caution with Terry Labonte leading Harry Gant and Jeff Bodine. Benny Parsons is in the fourth spot. Bobby Allison, or rather make that uh, Tim Richmond at the moment, currently occupying the fifth position. Dave Marcus is in the pits. Bob Schacht had an extended stay on pit road, but he's now back out on the racetrack. Terry Labonte will bring him down to the line this time as Harold Kinder waves the green flag and we go back to racing speed. Now a lot of the top contenders again are still caught back in the pack. Ricky Rudd trying to move up and scoot underneath. Tim Richmond down in turn number one gives him a little tap as they hit the corner. Rudd made a good jump and Benny Parsons lost four spots in that exchange as they head up the backstretch. And Benny still being shuffled up as Neil Bonnet, Bouchard and Dale Earnhardt go by him. Meanwhile your lead car off turn number four. It's Labonte still being hounded by Harry Gant. Labonte comes out of the corner, brings him back into turn number one and hanging right with him here this afternoon is Harry Gant. Rutman's on the outside riding along on that front row trying to get himself back around and pick up the lap he lost a moment ago as they head back to three. Labonte is awfully strong but here's Rutman diving a bit further into the turn trying to get back the lap but Labonte won't hear of it. Your lead car Labonte, Gant is second, third is Bodine. Well they're racing single file for the lead but Rutman is giving the fans a show. He's desperately trying to get back on the lead lap. He has the measure of Terry Labonte by half a car length as they come off the corner 
but Labonte gets a good jump in the back stretch. It happened last time the same way, and now again a repeat as it's going to be Rudman diving into the turn first, but Labonte glued down low. He will work to retain himself on a lead lap right there and holding Rutman down. Labonte driving an aggressive race here this afternoon. Even though it's early, he's really dueling with Rutman to keep him a lap behind. Now Joe's going to get the jump on him off the corner and may scoot ahead a car length or two as they head back to three. Your lead car is Labonte. Right behind him is Harry Gannon. Second going third is Jeff Bodine. Fourth is Tim Richmond. Fifth now is Ricky Rudd. Your leaders are off four. Back to the line. They come again, and they're still door to door, and that's the battle the fans are watching. They're on their feet this afternoon, early in the race here at Martinsville. Rutman again just will not come out of the throttle, takes him off the corner, and again Labonte doesn't lift, and they go door to door back into three. Labonte works the inside, Rutman to the outside, and Harry Gant with a comfortable distance watching from his second spot, still side by side off four. Ned, is that smart racing to run that hard and take a chance this early to let Rutman get that lap back? Well, Rutman's car is running awfully good, as uh, is evidenced there by him running on the outside, which at this point of the race is not the fastest way around this racetrack, but he's being able to stay there with him. Now, from Labonte's standpoint, he's using up more brakes right now than he wants to use up, and that's not a good situation to be in, but he does as good as Rutman is running, he'd like to keep him that lap down. Now he gets him the lap down. Transfer at third spot. Tim Richmond has moved underneath Jeff Bodine and loose... Down in turn number one goes Joe Rutman. He and Harry Gant exchange some sheet metal, and Gant also will catch Rutman a lap down. So Harry Gant now in second, right behind Labonte. Then comes the lap car of Rutman. Your third place runner, Tim Richmond, followed by Bodine and Ricky Rudd, single file. Joe Rutman getting tagged a little bit here in the south end of the track by Harry Gant. Put the car a little out of shape. Now he's dropped back two or three car lengths. The leader is Labonte. Riding second is Gant. And still in third spot, Tim Richmond, fourth is Bodine. And Rutman has some sheet metal rubbing on the left rear as he heads for Eli Gold. Rutman right there behind Harry Gant trying to hang on to that car 75. He's not contending right now to get the lap back, but a good battle further back in the pack between Bonnet and Earnhardt. Richard Petty has knocked off seven cars since they put him back under green here a moment ago. Field and turn number two this time. Scoot up the backstretch. Waltrip trying to pick his way up to the front. He's knocked off about five or six cars since they put him back under green, but he isn't making that much ground. But for the last few races, Darrell has really paced himself. Waltrip has run it as well as Waltrip is running. That's how bad Benny Parsons is going right now. He took the restart green flag in fourth spot, and he has backslid all the way to the back of the field. Yes, he has, Mike. I'm going to run down and take our portable microphone here and see if we can find out what his problem is. We'll get that story as soon as we come back. Terry Labonte leads Harry Gant, Tim Richmond, Jeff Bodine, and Ricky Rudd. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Uh-huh. Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits. Well, what if I added knives? What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? If you can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's holdings, LLC. Back at the Martinsville Speedway, it's still Terry Labonte in front. Ricky Rudd rides second, third now as Waltrip 
and fourth is Dale Earnhardt as they work their way around the racetrack and Kyle Petty has pulled his car off the racetrack and into the pits. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. He has pulled it behind the pit wall and there's smoke coming from that car. Kyle unbuckling his safety equipment right now so apparently that's going to be all for it today. So a tough day here for Kyle Petty as he was in on some of that early banging around. We were talking to Donnie Allison here a moment ago. Donnie, we always expect some banging and beating here at Martinsville but it seems like there's an exceptional amount today. Well, Ned, you know, it's, it's strange to me because I've been away due to my injury a little bit. And, uh, you know, when I left here, everything was really tight, but now it's even tighter. And, you know, I started in 24th position today, and uh, I come on up to about maybe 12th or something like that, and, and I'm running as good as the leader is. And when you've got competition is that tough, people are going to run into one another because you see a guy make a little mistake, and you know you if you don't take advantage of it, that you're going to stay where you're at. And uh, I think that's the reason why we're seeing a little bit more fender banging and what have you than we than we used to see. And, uh, you know, it makes for good racing for the fans. Morgan Shepard has exploded an engine going off the number two corner. He gets tagged in the rear, and he is slammed into the inside pit wall. And Shepard brings out the fourth caution flag of the afternoon. He really got tagged and has hit the inside pit wall. The cars come to rest there. Richard Petty really got into the back end of Shepard. He had just no way to avoid him, and that will further crinkle the front end of the STP Pontiac. The luck in this race in the last two years has not been on Richard's side. Last year, you may remember, up at turn number three, midpoint in the race, Ricky Rudd climbed up on the curbing and got loose, spun, Richard had to stop, had nowhere to go to avoid him, and Joe Milliken came and piled into the back of Petty's car and pushed the back bumper two feet up in the trunk. So he's been in the wrong spot twice today. Morgan Shepard's car is now stopped against the inside retaining wall on the back stretch. Caution is out here for the fourth time today. And what a tough break for the defending champion in this Virginia 500. And he had his hopes up very high for this race again today, Mike. He said uh, the car I talked to him just before the race started said the car was handling beautifully for him. And he said, I just want to sit there and run in the top five or six here for a while and see how things go. And uh, he... He had his hopes very high for this one today. The leader is in the pits. Terry Labonte came down, and they changed the right side tires and took on fuel. So did Darrell Waltrip. And Jeff Bodine is in in the performance connection. Uh, Pontiac and several others taking advantage of this caution period. On the last caution period, Tim Richmond, who was running second at that time, came in for a four-tire change. So that will move him a little further up in the field. We should also point out that this is somewhat of a break for Joe Rutman, that he can get one of the laps back that he was down as a result of unscheduled pit stops because, as you mentioned, he had passed the leader, and now he uh, gets to go all the way around and come back uh, to the back of the pack. On the back side of pit road, Ron Bouchard is in to correct whatever problem sent him up on the curbing in turn three on two successive laps, and Bob Schacht has brought his car behind the pit wall. They're working on the left front of that machine, going to try to get him back in the and race. And the leader is on pit road. Let's go to Ned. Yes, he's back in this time for a change of left side tires. They changed the right side tires the last time around. That's Terry Labotti, and Richard Petty is back in the pits. They were changing right side tires on it. They checked over the sheet metal. Apparently, it didn't do too much more damage than what was already there. Just uh, fouled up the appearance of it a little bit. So, Donnie, that banging continues. Yes, Ned, and I look for it all day, and I do want to say... Uh, to my car owner, Bob Rogers, I hope you hurry up and get out of the hospital. I'm tired of calling you and, and you're not being here to see what goes on, so I hope he gets well fast. And uh, uh, like I said, look for us at Talladega and a Simonized Buick. Thank you, Donnie, for coming by. Well, Joe Rutman is out to prove that he has the fastest car on the racetrack. He gets the jump on the restart again and picks up another one of his laps, as this time he scoots around Ricky Rudd, who is the leader, but he's back out in front of the pack. Rudd is in front, Earnhardt rides second, Tim Richmond is third, fourth is Gant. A battle going on right now with Neil Bonnet for the fifth spot as he works to Eli Gold. Neil battling Butch Lindley for the fifth and sixth position, seventh going to Bobby Allison, eighth now to Jody Ridley, ninth is Darrell Waltrip, and tenth is Jeff Bodine. Rutman leads him back into the south end of the speedway. He 
should be on the tail end of the lead lap right now. I don't think he lost but two laps a moment ago, but we'll check the scoring and find out. So he should be on the tail end of that lead lap, and he has pulled the leader, Ricky Rudd, by almost four or five car lengths back in turn three. Meanwhile, while that goes on at the front of the point, we have a good battle for fifth, sixth, and seventh positions as Neil Bonnet, Bobby Allison, and Butch Lindley battle. Barney, the last caution was brought out when Morgan Shepard apparently blew the engine. Of course, the defending champion of this race, he's here with us now. Quite a contrast from a year ago today, Morgan. Yeah, we had high hopes today. The car worked real well and everything, but uh, it's just one of those things, I reckon. Did the engine just let go without warning? Huh? Yeah, he let go, and uh, Richard was behind me, and uh, it erupted so fast that uh, when the car started slowing up, well, Richard run in the back of me and then crashed the car. You know, we say all the time, engine blows, and we say it erupt here. Uh, what, do you have any idea, well, there's a number of things, of course, that happens, there can happen to cause that. Do you have any idea what this might have been? I believe a bearing went out this time because I felt it tighten up just as I got in the corner, but I couldn't get the clutch in in time. Morgan, we're sorry to see you out of it that you won't be around to defend your championship here today. Thank you, Ned. Well, he'll be at Talladega next week to hang it all out out there at those 200-mile-an-hour drafts at the world's fastest speedway. Up front, Ricky Rudd is the leader in the Piedmont Airlines car. He and Richard Childress hoping to get that team pointed in the right direction, and they seem to have done their homework here, at least in the early going this afternoon. But he's got plenty of pressure right behind him. As they head back into the south end of the speedway, the Wrangler Ford of Dale Earnhardt takes a look on the outside this time, then trails right back in behind him and trails him up the backstretch up to turn three. So Earnhardt hounding away on Ricky Rudd. Third spot is Tim Richmond. A bid for the lead, maybe. Earnhardt to the inside of Ricky Rudd between turns three and four. They'll be side by side off the turn and smoking from the right front is Harry Gant. Coming back into the south end of the track. Make that a three-way battle for the lead as Tim Richmond works his way up there to get a piece of the action. Rudd is in front. Earnhardt rides in the middle in second spot. Then Richmond's back in third and a lot of smoke out of Harry Gant's car every time off the corner and very shortly unless they get that cured he's going to be on pit road. Back to turn three. It's some sheet metal Barney that's become uh, dangling just a bit. It's still attached to the car certainly but rubbing against the tire it seems as your leaders are back to the line. Well, back to turn one, Ricky Rudd doing some high flying for the Piedmont Airlines people that are here from Winston-Salem to watch their car run. And the sheet metal damage on these cars is just not to be believed within 75 laps. Six cars have already had to pit to have metal pried away from the tires. Earnhardt wants the lead off turn number four. Nothing there again as Rudd holds him off. Dale Earnhardt going after the lead here at Martinsville. He likes the short track. He's won here one time. He pounds him a little bit this time to let Rudd know he's back there as Ricky came out of the throttle a bit and Earnhardt tapped him. They're back in turn three. Third is Tim Richmond. Fourth is Butch Lindley. Fifth, now to Bobby Allison. Darrell Waltrip is sixth. Terry Labonte, the early leader, is now seventh with Neil Bonnet going eighth. Ninth, now to Mark Martin as your leaders work to the line. South end of the track as that battle goes on for the number one spot. Rutman has put quite a bit of distance right now on the rest of the field. He's on the tail end of the lead lap, and if he can catch up the way that car's working, he's going to be awfully tough. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Harry Gant is in the pits in the Skull Bandit car. They're changing right side tires and pulling that sheet metal away that you pointed out. He got in a little bit of that scrubbing there, and it knocked the sheet metal in against the tire. He had no choice but to come in, so he now goes at least one lap down. Barney, we should point out, we mentioned... Uh, Bobby Allison and Butch Lindley, who are running, but in the fourth and fifth positions right now, they were involved in a little entanglement earlier, but both of them got their cars right. It came on around. There was no damage done to them, so that's why they're able to be right back up there in the running. Good pit work on both those crews have put them back in the hunt here this afternoon. 
Back in the number one corner, Ricky Rudd is the leader. Riding second is Earnhardt. Third is Tim Richmond. Fourth is Butch Lindley. Fifth is Bobby Allison. Sixth is Darrell Waltrip. And they are all running just inches apart. Single file back into turn three. Jeff Bodine coming in for an unscheduled pit stop. That's the car that Morgan Shepard won with here a year ago. He rolls right on down pit road, and it looks like he's going to take it behind the wall. So Jeff Bodine parking the Performance Connection Pontiac. Well, tough break for Bodine, one of the nation's most talented short track drivers and high hopes for a good finish here today. Smoke from the right rear of Dale Earnhardt's Wrangler jeans machine, and Eli, as he heads to you, it looks like more yep. evidence of the contact among these cars. Exactly. It's happened the last four or five laps coming off turns three and four here. Extensive smoke from the right rear, and you can see where the scuff marks from somebody else's tires are right up against the Wrangler logo on that Earnhardt automobile. They put Bodine back out of the speedway, whatever they did to the car. He came off the end of pit road and finally came up to speed but he is back on the racetrack. Ned, did he miss his pit coming in? Well, he might have, uh, Mike, because he went right on down and, and looked like he was turning left. Now he's coming in and coming behind the wall this time from the correct position. Uh, the car is running, but uh, he is bringing it behind pit wall to coming down right directly in front of our pit position here, which is absolutely in the center of the pit area here. He's driving it right down through there. The engine's still running, so we'll find out what the problem is and report back. 83 laps completed here at Martinsville, Virginia National Bank 500. Ricky Rudd's the leader. Dale Earnhardt is second. Tim Richmond is third. In the fourth spot is Bobby Allison. Darrell Waltrip rides along in fifth. Early leader Terry Labonte is sixth. And Richard Petty is moving up through the field. He's up to seventh spot. Eighth is Neil Bonnet. Ninth is Mark Barton. And tenth unofficially Ron Bouchard. Martinsville Speedway. We've just completed 90 laps of the 500 that will make up the Virginia National Bank 500 this afternoon and thus far with less than 100 laps complete I don't think I've seen this harder racing in a long long time. Even here at Martinsville they really get it done but this afternoon there's very few cars left running in the field that doesn't have some kind of a mark on them out there. I don't know something Barney here off turn number four having watched races from this very position now for five or six or so years cars are looking now the way they're acting on the racetrack the way they normally do from lap 350 to lap 500. The rear end of the car is starting to really kick to the outside the car's sliding around a good bit more and they're really going at it a lot earlier in this particular race than they have in the past. Already seven cars are out of the race. Jeff Bodine, apparently a rear end problem there. Morgan Shepard lost an engine and crashed. Kyle Petty has lost an engine. Buddy Baker is out. D.K. Ulrich has crashed out of the race. Donnie Allison and Benny Parsons are both out with engine trouble. So seven of the 31 starters already in the garage area. Well, Neil Bonnet predicted exactly that yesterday afternoon. He said today's race here at Martinsville would be unique in the fact that a lot of cars probably would go out. Dale Earnhardt's pitting in the back stretch. I'll tell you what, just looking at qualifying and the speed that everybody's running, as close as the field's bunched up, everybody's pulling a lot more gear than they normally want to pull, and they're trying a lot of different things, and their cars are really strung out. And in turn, the drivers are having to run the cars awful hard. So it's, I think Sunday the thing's going to be who's got a good combination that's going to decide to run for 500 laps around this place. I think you'll see a lot of cars fall out of the race Sunday because everybody's running up so hard right now. Well, he's hit it right on the head so far with less than 100 laps complete. We've already lost that many machines. And, <laughs> and Barney, the Martin hood Phil. is up. Excuse me. The hood is up on the Wrangler jeans Ford number 15 of Dale Earnhardt. He was running in second place, but there's smoke coming from under, so the car apparently has an overheating problem. One of those drivers who dropped out that you mentioned is Buddy Baker, and he's here with us now. Buddy, what went wrong with the, your car? Well, Ned, the thing really surprised me. It's running good. We moved up from uh, 27th to uh, 12th when we fell out. and uh, You know, in the corners, it was running as fast as any car here. So, uh, you know, I was real pleased with it. I just... Uh, 
they black flag me for the rear end smoking and this early in the race if they start smoking then it's just trouble for later on so we parked it well the rear gearing is always one problem here at martinsville well it is uh I had a flat tire earlier. I'm not sure whether the rear housing might have uh, shifted in the car and started rubbing or whether it actually lost a, a, a seal in the rear. But, you know, the racetrack taking a different complexion right now. It's getting slick just about everywhere. And the cars with a little bit less horsepower are starting to move along. That could have been to your advantage then. Well, it was. You know, we'd moved up... Uh, we're checking Daryl and them, and we were moving up on them about uh, two-tenths of a lap, and Henley was having a fit over there. He, he said it was worth it if it broke half in two to see it run like that one time. Buddy, we appreciate you coming by. Dale Earnhardt has got back in the action. He did lose several laps, but the point that Buddy brought up there is something that we'll watch here as the afternoon goes on. Well, I don't think I've seen the cars as close. We talk about it year after year, about how tight the competition is, how strong it is, but recently it has really tightened up up front. And right now, three of the relative newcomers to Winston Cup Racing are doing their thing and showing some of the veterans their rear bumpers, as they say in stock car racing. Out front right now, Ricky Rudd rides along in the number one spot, back in the number two position, second time out in that car. Let's make that the third time out in the car would be Tim Richmond. He did a fine job at Darlington. Very commendable job up at North Wilkesboro, and he's got things together here this afternoon. And Butch Lindley, who plans to run a few Grand National races this year, also been running pretty good. Well, let's give a call to Ricky Rudd. He's the only driver thus far that has been able to open up any kind of lead in this race, and it sits about eight car lengths. His advantage over Tim Richmond as they come around the racetrack. We believe that Lindley's a lap down. We'll double check on that. That would make Darrell Waltrip the third place car and Terry Labonte fourth and Bobby Allison. Lindley may have gotten that lap back and, and as I say, we will double check. Well, he's running a strong, consistent race here this afternoon. As we commented earlier when we first came on the air, Butch thought that he could win the race here this afternoon if they didn't have any bad luck. And the way the car is running, he's certainly a contender right now. At Martinsville Speedway, should be a record crowd here this afternoon. It's certainly in excess of 30,000 people at the world's most beautiful half-mile track. And with a purse that Clay Earls is paying here today, it's pulled in all the top drivers in the country. I don't think anybody's missing from the field this afternoon that the fans would like to see running. Bonnet still struggling along back there. He wanted to win this race so badly for the Wood Brothers. This is the third year that they have been here in that car. Leonard Wood and the crew have worked night and day, and every year they learn a little something when they come back here. But, Ned, they're just, they just do not have a short track car, but they put in 200% effort to make it win. No, they don't, Barney. There is a difference in the cars when they build them from the very start. Uh, if you're going to run it on a short track, such as Junior Johnson, he, he builds a car to run on short tracks. So you... you shift the weight just a little bit different and, and things of that nature to make it work. And uh, they just simply don't have that kind of a setup because they do run super speedways. Ned uh, Dale Earnhardt has yes, taken I was about, that car behind the wall. I was about to mention that. He has taken it behind the wall, so apparently that overheating problem or whatever it was has continued, and we'll try to get Dale over here very shortly. Uh, Lake Speed has also gone behind the wall with the Yazoo Lawnmowers Buick. J.D. McDuffie has made a long extended stay on pit road, but now he is back in the event, so that leaves 22 of 31 starters in contention at 105 laps completed. So the attrition rate is beginning to build, build much as Neil Bonnet had predicted that they'd lose an awful lot of equipment here this afternoon. And I think we may again see a surprise winner at Martinsville. This has been that kind of a track for the last two or three years. Seems like we've seen some folks in victory lane that nobody expected to, much the same as they do at Talladega from time to time. Right now, Ricky Rudd having one of his best runs of the year in the Piedmont Airlines car. Richard Childress and the team cheering him on from Pitt Road, and they had really wanted to get that team turned around. Another strong run for Tim Richmond, and Eli Gold, his car, seems to be 
hanging in there pretty good, but he's not handling in the corners as well as he was earlier today. As a matter of fact, not only is he not handling as well in the corners, Dave Marcus is having some problems. Mark Martin's car has been wandering through the grooves of late, and unfortunately so too the local favorite, Buddy Arrington, who always works hard for this race, likes to put on a good show in front of the home fans, and his car has been up and down trying to seek out a logical groove. So some of the cars now, it's really beginning to shift around here, especially in turns three and four. We've checked with NASCAR scoring with Morris Metcalf up at turn four, and Bush Lindley is indeed on the lead lap, and he is posted in the third position in the Emmanuel Zervakis Buick, having a fine run here today. I thought he might have been lapped in that altercation with Bobby Allison. That was incorrect. He is on the lead lap and posted in third. So to set the field, Ricky Rudd in the Piedmont Airlines Pontiac is the leader here in the Virginia National Bank 500. Tim Richmond in the J.D. Stacy Buick rides second. The GT Racing, Zervakis Buick of Butch Lindley is third. The Mountain Dew Buick of Darrell Waltrip is in the fourth spot. And the J.D. Stacy, Billy Hagen Chevrolet of Terry Labonte rides fifth. Bobby Allison is sixth. Unofficially, Harry Gant would be seventh. The eighth place car would be the Richard Petty Automobile. Ninth would be Mark Martin. And tenth would be Ron Bouchard. From Martinsville Speedway, this is MRM, the Motor Racing Network. Back at the Martinsville Speedway, no change in the top five. We have just passed the 100 lap mark, working 112 of the 500 that make up the Virginia National Bank 500 stock car race here at Martinsville. And again, it continues to be those youngsters up front. Here's Butch Lindley diving underneath Tim Richmond. He caught him a little high, and they go door to door for the second spot up the back chute. And we were going to mention, Barney, that Butch Lindley has been getting through turns three and four better here in the last few laps than have any other cars, including the leader, Ricky Rudd. Off turn number four again, Lindley a bit for second spot. Butch Lindley having a piece of the action up for the lead, trying to get underneath Tim Richmond again on the south end of the speedway, and he finds running room as Tim drifts out a little bit. The car is not working as well in the corners as it was a moment ago, but off the turn, he has the horsepower to pull him as again they run nose to tail back in three. This time, Ricky Rudd leads that trio. First, second, and third spot through three and four. Lindley glued low on the racetrack. He'll try a bit for second spot again. Lindley down to the inside as they come past the start-finish line. He's up to the rear quarter panel and now right up alongside the Tim Richmond. Richmond car. So Butch Lindley, as they move up to lap by, clang, and off they go off turn two, side to side, and Richmond will hold that second spot. They battle it side by side for that moment, but now as they work around Jody Ridley's car, it's Rudd, Richmond, and Lindley. Butch, no room to make a move, so it's single file. Pretty good racing up front for the lead. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, as that battle goes on, we'll keep our eye on that. Lake Speed is one of the drivers who's had problems here in the Yazoo Moore car number 17. Lick, what went wrong with your car? I believe we lost a bearing, Ned. We were just sitting over there sort of riding along, waiting for everybody to do their thing and pick up the marbles when it was all over, and the old motor laid down on us. I, I think we just must have lost a bearing, is all I can figure. Well, there's a lot of them doing their thing out there and doing somebody else's thing, too. I know it. The, uh, I think down low out there, it seems like to me that maybe somebody lost some oil in the low groove. I know I was running behind a car that was slower than I was, and I was trying to get by, and every time I went low, it was slipper. There's a battle for the lead going into turn three. It's again Richmond trying to make the move on Ricky Rudd, but he couldn't quite do it as Richmond had to back away. He was running up on the J.D. McDuffie car. But here's Butch Lindley. He wants a piece of second, but again, traffic a factor. All three drivers knock a little sheet metal for the lead. Ricky Rudd trying to hang on to it. Tim Richmond trying to take it away, and Richmond has his hands full with Butch Lindley every time he makes a move on Ricky Rudd. Butch Lindley tries to sneak underneath him. They're single file back into turn three. The salvation for Richmond, though, he is so strong, working his way off the straightaways. Here's Lindley trying it again off turn number four. Butch Lindley trying to get underneath him. Nowhere to go there. Tim Richmond's whole attitude about racing has really changed since he climbed into that two car. Uh, you know, it, 
last year we you know we had some equipment drove equipment that wasn't quite as good as the two car or the 37 car and I think it helped me in the long run because I had to go out there and I had to have that race car that I was driving always on the edge always on the verge of you know falling off uh, which when you fall off that is the wall uh, to make an impression on any of the other car owners that might want to hire me later uh, and to even pass the next guy or to make a good finish you know and luckily sometimes I didn't fall off that edge but a lot of times I did uh, but now when you get into a car such as the two car uh, you can sit back you can back your your pace up a little bit and still be able to run up front comfortable with the guys and save it for the end you don't have to just go out and and uh, go wide open right off the bat he's going wide open right now underneath Ricky Rudd in the south end of the speedway and he's got the lead by half a car link can he hang on to it as they go up the back chute this is a strong point for Tim Richmond. He does hold on on the straightaway. So it's Richmond, Ricky Rudd, and Butch Lindley. Lindley wants second place. He'll try it on Ricky Rudd. He'll run up on traffic, though. Butch Lindley driving about as hard as I've seen him run in a long time. He likes the short tracks a little better than the super speedways, and he has the car underneath him this afternoon to get it done. While all that dicing goes on, Tim Richmond has grabbed the lead and now pulls away by about two car lengths on Ricky Rudd up in turn three. And at the same time, Darrell Waltrip and Harry Gant have joined the fray, so it's five cars battling, and here's a bid for second spot again. Lindley on Ricky Rudd. Butch Lindley is underneath Ricky Rudd, and the high side is not the fast way to get around here. Rudd gives Lindley plenty of working room, and second spot is exchanged. Gant has gone by Terry Labonte, but Labonte holds that fifth spot. Harry Gant is one lap down after an unscheduled pit stop, and he's trying to get back up with the leaders and get back on the lead lap. Good battle for second spot off turn number four to the inside. Butch Lindley, he'll hold off Ricky Rudd for second spot. Back in the south end of the speedway, again, Joe Ruttman has picked up one of his laps, gets back up there ahead of the leaders, and Ruttman has probably the fastest car on the racetrack. If he can get himself back in the lead lap and get back up there, he's going to be a force to reckon with before the day is gone. Barney, he has made up both of the laps that he has lost, so he is right at the tail end of the lead lap, six car lengths ahead of Tim Richmond, the current leader, but as fast as he's running, he's in no danger of being lapped. So as they come to the south end of the speedway, Tim Richmond in the blue and yellow, J.D. Stacy number two is the leader. Butch Lindley is second. Ricky Rudd is third. Darrell Waltrip is fourth. In the fifth spot is Terry Labonte. Sixth is Richard Petty. Seventh goes to Bobby Allison. In the eighth spot is Mark Martin. Dave Marcus is ninth and tenth on the end of the lead lap is going to be the 75 car for Joe Rutman. Here in turn three, we're watching one of the fastest cars in the racetrack, Harry Gant. He has passed Waltrip and Rudd trying to get back towards the lead lap. They made that unscheduled pit stop for tire rubbing on the right front, but Travis Carter had that car really dialed in. He ran right with Labonte at the start of the race in second spot, and he's really coming up through the pack in a hurry to try and get his lap back. Meanwhile, the lead cars working their way through turns one and two still. Tim Richmond now towards three and four, somewhat sideways coming off number four, but Richmond being hounded by Lindley. Richmond hangs it out, gets it back in a straight line, drifts it into the number one corner. Here's Butch right down to the inside, and again, he's going to take advantage as he can get that inside groove, and they go door to door up into turn three. But Richmond's still strong on the straightaway, but here comes Lindley right back. He'll try and out-dive Richmond into the turn. They're side by side. Now the nose in front for Lindley off four. Butch Lindley trying to get a piece of the lead as they come down into the corner. They'll run up on traffic this time around, and that's going to become a factor. Butch is strong in the turn right at the bottom of the racetrack the car is sticking. He'll pull him off the corner this time by about a half a car length. So Butch Lindley, who has almost as many laps on this track as many others do with his late model sportsman experience, Lindley leads Tim Richmond off the turn as they watch battles now between Waltrip and Rudd for third and fourth. 
Butch Lindley predicted earlier this morning that if the car didn't have any mechanical problems, he could win this race. And I'll have to say he knew what he was talking about because he's come from the back of the pack on two restarts and worked his way all the way to the front, survived that altercation up in turn number three with Bobby Allison, didn't lose a lap on some good pit work there, and has now grabbed the lead here at Martinsville. Well, Emmanuel Zervakis has seen his cars in victory lane here in sportsman races on many occasions. His latest driver was Jeff Bodine before Butch Lindley picked up this ride, and Joe Rutman very tentatively hanging on to the tail end of that lead lap right now. Richmond couldn't do anything with him, but it looks like Rutman may go a lap down right here. Butch Lindley goes to the outside of Joe Rutman in turn number three. Joe is going to be sandwiched in behind some race traffic, and Butch Lindley will put Joe Rutman a lap down. 135 laps complete. The Virginia National Bank 500. Butch Lindley, the leader. Tim Richmond riding in the second spot. Darrell Waltrip is third. Ricky Rudd is fourth. Fifth is Terry Labonte. Sixth is the Richard Petty car. In seventh is Bobby Allison. Eighth is Mark Martin. And ninth is Dave Marcus on the tail end of the lead lap. At the Martinsville Speedway, Butch Lindley continues to set the pace for the rest of the field. Tim Richmond rides along in second spot. Lenny Pond will be pitting his car as he brings it on pit road in the backstretch. Several of the top contenders are changing their pits here at Martinsville for this particular race. We've seen more of the front runners pitting in the backstretch this time, I think, than we ever have before, and we may get an observation on that later this afternoon from Ned Jarrett. Again, the attrition rate has been high at Martinsville. Benny Parsons, one of the top first top contenders to go out of the race. He said he thought they broke a timing chain on the car. Both Petties have had trouble, although this afternoon, Richard is still out there running. Kyle has parked his car behind the wall. Jeff Bodine is back in the pits after staying in there a couple of laps. He's had more than his share of trouble here this afternoon. Also, Buddy Baker is out. Donnie Allison has fallen by the wayside. Dale Earnhardt and Ron Bouchard were the latest cars to go on to pit road, and Ned will be tracking down Earnhardt, hopefully in a few moments, to find out what might have happened on that car. We're still watching Harry Gant here in turn number four, Barney. He works wherever that car needs to go, and he's taken care of the... Tim Richmond automobile and now closes in on Butch Lindley just a bit trying to get back on the lead lap. Harry Gant has it all together. He's getting around this racetrack as quick as anyone. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Ron Bouchard is still in his car number 47. Ron, what's wrong? Uh, we, we think we broke an axle and they're trying to change it right now. So you're sitting by ready to go? I think so. Okay, they are working on the car. Bob Johnson, Jack Beebe, and the rest of the crew here. They just about have the wheels back on it now, so he should be going back out very shortly. Bouchard, you can hear the dejection in his voice because he really wants to do some racing. Ricky Rudd and Bobby Allison are hammering away at each other, and that's a battle for a position on the racetrack as they head up to Eli Gold. Bobby Allison has about a half car length on Rudd and works to the inside of the racetrack, and now Bobby just outdrags him into turn number three. So Bobby Allison with the position over Ricky Rudd and Labonte right there knocking on the door also. Might be a blessing in disguise for some of the top contenders to ride along in the back of the pack the way the front of the field has had problems here this afternoon. Allison has not been able to get up there and make a run for the lead yet. Terry Labonte, who led early in the race this afternoon and had probably the quickest car on the track when they dropped the flag for the first 30 or 40 laps, has now found himself way back in the field. Should be in what, sixth? Labonte's at sixth position. He's running right in between Ricky Rudd in fifth and Richard Petty in seventh. Now, Petty came right up to seventh spot, right around the pack after a couple of pit stops for sheet metal damage, but he's been unable to do anything with Labonte. Field is back up to Eli Gold. We're watching Terry Labonte again trying to make a move to the inside of Ricky Rudd, but he's going to think better of it this time. Those cars, everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses. That's the good equalizing factor in this race today. Some work so well on the turns, others excel on the straightaways, and you've got to just time your move and make it count. Let's go back to the pits and Ned Jarrett. Dale Earnhardt has fallen out of the race in the Ranger Jeans car. Dale, what went wrong? Well, the car was 
You know, doing our act there first, we made up all that time coming for 15. Car was running just like we wanted it, and I was putting a little pressure on Ricky Rudd, and the water temperature started running up on it, and I backed over him, you know, and let him get away so I could try to get some air in the front of the car. The water temperature just kept going, so I reckon we blowed a head gasket, Ned. Uh, it was running good, bud, and the guys really did a good job. It, it's working real well. Been sort of feast or famine for you this year. I can't seem to get going good enough to stay going. You know, we run real good everywhere we've been. We just seem to have a little problem along, and uh, been mostly engine problems this year, but we'll get it straightened out. Well, Dale took the night off on Friday night, went over to Caraway Speedway, and won one of the Budweiser 200 races over there, so it wasn't a total loss for the weekend. Better luck next time around. Thank you, Ned. Harry Gant is trying to get his lap back against Butch Lindley. Early in this race, he had to stop to pry the fender away from the right front tire, but he is right on the tail of the leader as they go up the back stretch. Harry Gant was right there moments ago. Now he's down by about a car length or so as they work turn three. This time, no place for Harry to work. They go by Slick Johnson and J.D. McDuffie. At Martinsville this afternoon, Butch Lindley still in front. Right now, nobody's been able to do anything with him as he eases on around the racetrack. He has just scooted around in the south end of the speedway. Harry Gant rode up there a moment ago, tried to wear him out and get back ahead of him. He just wouldn't have any of that. Butch's car working, and Eli, I don't think anybody's going to touch him right now. At this moment, no, Bonnie. There are a few cars that were able to run low on the racetrack, but that wasn't necessarily the way to get the job done because Butch's car has been working so well in and around traffic. He's gone by Neil Bonnet. He is well within shouting distance now of Ricky Rudd's automobile, so at this moment, Butch Lindley is just out there, and the car is doing the work for him because wherever Butch points it, the car goes, and it works well. Lindley operating very well here on this racetrack. Harry Gant, we mentioned earlier, was scrambling to get his lap back. He has been unable to and has fallen in to second in line behind Lindley's car, but he's still a lap back. Let's take a quick rundown through the field. Butch Lindley, the Emanuel Zervakis GT Racing Buick, leads here in the Virginia National Bank 500. The Stacy Pack Buick for Tim Richmond runs in the second spot. Bobby Allison's Gatorade Chevrolet is third. In fourth is the Mountain Dew Buick for Darrell Waltrip. Running fifth, the J.D. Stacy Chevrolet for pole sitter Terry Labonte. And in sixth, the STP Pontiac, that's Richard Petty. All those cars are on the lead lap. Now one lap down is the Skull Bandit Buick for Harry Gant. In seventh spot, the Apache Stoves Buick, Mark Martin. Rides in eighth. The Stacy Chevrolet for Dave Marcus is ninth in the Piedmont Airlines Pontiac. Ricky Rudd's car is tenth. Neil Bonnet, the Wood Brothers Warner Hodgson Thunderbird, is the 11th place car. All those cars are one lap down. Two laps down, the Joe Rutman Automobile occupies the 12th spot, and we're 192 laps complete here at Martinsville. Ned Jarrett, Harry Gant had a good shot at getting his lap back just a while ago, but now he seems to drop just a bit back from Butch Lindley a bit. Any any thoughts on why, perhaps? Well, I think his tires have given up a little bit, uh, Mike. When he was up there battling with Butch trying to get that lap back, he heated the tires up, and he might have also used his brakes a little bit more than he wanted to, and so he had to back off a little bit there and, uh, and sort of cool it a little bit. The fellow who knows all about that, had no intentions of being up here today, even though he has uh, worked with us on a couple of broadcasts back early in the year as Jeff Bodine. Jeff, first tell us what went wrong with your car. Well, we burned our uh, rear end up. I guess our, the pump we have on the rear got a piece of trash in it and it locked up and it threw the belt off. It happened right after that first restart. I smelt the belt burning up. I thought it was ignition wires. And uh, then a little bit later, we had that nasty smell of rear end grease burning and that was all over. Yeah, here's the leader into the pits. Jeff. That's a left side tire change. A little bit surprising that he changed left side on Butch Lindley's car. Yeah, it sure is. Apparently they changed right sides the time before, Ned, and uh, now they're going to the left. 
Well, Butch Lindley now, that gave Harry Gant, put him back in the lead lap. However, Tim Richmond's right on his bumper now. Lindley gets finished and heads back down on pit road, but he's going to go a lap down as the leader goes by him into turn one. So Butch Lindley goes a lap down, and I'm sure the reason they changed those tires probably was, remember, earlier this afternoon, everybody had took a shot at him. He had tried to hold off Tim Richmond, did some super dueling with him there in the early going, along with Harry Gant, and really put a workload in the car in the corners. And I'm sure that's one reason they did change those tires on Butch Lindley's machine. But he's now gone a lap down after a good run. Most of the rest of the top ten will be on pit road here very shortly. Well, Lindley will pick up $1,000 for leading the most laps in the second 100-lap segment of this race. Terry Libotti got a grand in the first 100 laps for leading 63 of those. We're 203 laps completed here at Martinsville. The complexion of the race has changed just a bit now with Tim Richmond taking the lead on the Butch Lindley pit stop. In second is Darrell Waltrip. Bobby Allison has pitted, so he'll drop from the third position. Give that one to Terry Labonte. Fourth now will be Richard Petty, and fifth, back on the lead lap, is Harry Gant. Richard Petty has just made a regular schedule pit stop on the STP Pontiac. Petty still running strong here this afternoon, despite the fact that they had a little trouble in the early going today. Let's go back to the pits and Ed Jarrett. Jeff Bodine has a particular interest in that car, uh, 0-1, that Butch Lindley has been leading with for so long here. Jeff, you put a lot of blood and tears into that car and sweat. Well, we sure did. My my fans, my fan club raised a whole lot of money for us last year and friends, uh, about $16,000 worth to get us out there running a the car. We ran it three times last year, and you know, about all three times we had problems with it, but uh, it's a super fine race car, and you can see how well it's running today. Well, it certainly is doing a fine job, so that's a testimony to the kind of job that you did uh, building. I guess you got mixed emotions about seeing it out front. Well, as long as I'm in here in the pits, I, I hope he wins. I really do. Uh, Manuel and the team... Here's the leader in the pits, Tim Richmond, taking on right side tires. Richard Petty was in just a moment ago for right side tires and a tank of fuel. And now Tim Richmond is here. We'll see the others coming in very shortly. Bobby Allison has already made his stop. Walter should be coming in before too long. Terry Labotti should uh, be coming in before too long also. He's, they're the only ones, I believe, of the top runners that have not been in as yet. So rash of pit stops again has jumbled up those front ten positions. Tim Richmond having one of the best runs he's had in a long, long time. It's his third outing in this car, the J.D. Stacy car that he took down at Darlington a few weeks ago when Joe Rutman just suddenly decided that he wasn't happy in that operation and felt like he'd be better off somewhere else. Rutman has done a, an outstanding job here this afternoon at Martinsville. At times, he's had the fastest car on the racetrack and is still getting it done, and he is still a contender to win with a long ways to go. With about 212 laps complete out of the 200... 500 that will make up the race here at Martinsville this afternoon. Mark Martin has slowed and he's coming into the pit area. He might have run out of gas. Normally, uh, I believe that is the problem. He was wiggling this car as it comes in. He does get back to his pits. They're changing the right side tires, of course, filling it up with gas, cleaning the windshield. And here's Walter coming down pit road. He had taken the lead in the Mountain Dew Buick, but he's coming in now for his scheduled pit stop. Well, we'll have to see who that will make the leader. I believe Terry Labonte. Yes, I think it would be Terry Labonte. He has not stopped, but he should be coming in before too long. So Labonte is the last of the lead cars waiting to make a pit stop, and the pole sitter here in the Virginia National Bank 500 will go back to the head of the field. That, of course, will put Butch Lindley, who made that stop earlier, back on the lead lap. As Mark Martin comes down pit road, he's away, and so is Walter coming back into contention. So... Labonte becomes the leader. He is the only one of the cars on the lead lap not yet to make a pit stop. The other drivers include Tim Richmond, Darrell Waltrip, Bobby Allison, Richard Petty, Harry Gant, and Butch Lindley all running on the lead lap. Terry Labonte has had a good, solid race season this year. He currently leads in the Winston Cup point standings. 
and he's just had consistent finishes all year. They've been so close to winning a race. Jake Elder has really turned that team around this year, and about everybody up and down pit road agrees that the big difference, well, there's actually two differences. Here's Harry Gant diving into the pits to get his regular schedule stop, and the big difference, of course, is Jake and the team, but what he has done to Terry Labonte's head as a driver, and that can make all the difference in the world, and then you'll have to go along with that, I'm sure. If you've got a crew chief in there that can do a little coaching, you can even see a big difference in Darrell Waltrip since he went with Junior Johnson. Oh, yes, it makes a, a complete difference, and Jake Elder absolutely is one of the best in the business, working with a young driver. He just has a special knack. I was talking to Dale Earnhardt. We were broadcasting the time trials here the other day, and he was commenting on that, and he said, you know, if I was going out to hire a crew chief right now, he said, I'd try to get Jake Elder, and that's quite a compliment to, to a guy who has been around a lot on this circuit and worked with a lot of uh, different teams, but he is particularly good with young drivers. Uh, he picked up the nickname, what, last year, Suitcase Jake? Yeah. I asked him about that the other day, and he said, I still got it hanging on a nail in case I need it, but he said he's pretty happy where he's at right now. We'll update you on the, all the cars running just as soon as we come back. Here he is in the pits right now, Mike Joy, Terry Labonte making his pit stop. Well, the leader is in, Terry Labonte, who's gone back into the lead for the second time today, held it for only four laps before coming on to pit road. Dave Marcus spins in turn two, gets the car way up high, up near the wall. He did not make contact, and just like that, we have the fifth caution of the afternoon. At lap 221, Dave Marcus spins in turn two, did not touch the wall, but backed the car way up there, up by the boxwood and the azaleas, uh, just to get to a position of safety, and caution is out. No one really, Barney, got advantage on that caution as everyone had just made that scheduled pit stop. Well, it was about three laps off, and had it come out a couple of laps ago, Terry Lamonti would have really been in great shape, but as it was, all the front ten that are on the lead lap a moment ago had made their pit stops under green, so the caution flag will not be a particular advantage for anybody here this afternoon. We well, just... it might be, Barney, because a lot of them, I'm sure, welcome this opportunity to come in and make some adjustments. Remember, Ricky Rudd had made a pit stop about uh, 40 or 50 laps ago. He was one of the early ones to come in. His crew is pitting directly in front of me here, Richard Childress and the rest of them, and they were particularly pleased to see it come out. Now they can get him back in, change tires. They're probably all of them will take on uh, all four tires, or at least the two that they didn't put on during their regular pit stop. We mentioned that Butch Lindley had only changed left side tires on his car during uh, his green flag pit stop, but Jeff Bodine, that seemed to be working for him. That might have been a good piece of strategy for him as compared to the rest of them. Well, it looks like it's going to work out real good for him. Now they can come in and get right size, and they've got pretty fresh left, so they'll be in good shape. Okay, everybody coming down pit road here right now. Well, if anyone was victimized by the caution, it was Harry Gant. He had gotten back on the lead lap, but as the leaders continued to drop off and pit, it put him closer to the lead car, and he ended up a lap down. So Butch Lindley on the caution posted as the leader, Tim Richmond in second, Terry Labonte in third, Darrell Waltrip fourth, Richard Petty in the fifth spot, Bobby Allison sixth. Those were the cars on the lead lap. One lap down at the time of the caution, Harry Gant in seventh, Mark Martin in eighth, and Ricky Rudd in ninth. Two laps off the pace, Dave Marcus in the 10th spot, 11th to Neil Bonnet, and 12th to Buddy Arrington. 13th, three laps down is Jimmy Means, 14th is Joe Rutman. Four laps off the pace, in the 15th position would be the number 40 car for Jimmy Hensley. 16th, five laps down is Brad Teague, 17th to Slick Johnson, followed by Jody Ridley, Bob Shack, and J.D. McDuffie. Those are the 20 cars running. And we'll be going back to green in just a moment, so let's take this pause for Martinsville Speedway. 
Back at the Martinsville Speedway, we're under green again, as Butch Lindley is back up front, but Harry Gant goes after him to get his lap back up in turn three. And Harry's going to fly right by to the inside of Butch Lindley. Butch will stay high on the racetrack, allowing Terry Labonte and Darrell Waltrip to close. Those cars battle for the lead to the line. Gant is back on the tail end of the lead lap. Here's how the field runs as they go back under green at Martinsville. Lindley is the leader, riding second right now as Labonte. Third is Waltrip. Fourth is Tim Richmond. Then back to fifth spot. It should be Bobby Allison as they work traffic in the back stretch. Bobby Allison trying to close towards those top four automobiles. He's caught back in the pack, Bobby is. Off turn number four, still single file. Everybody chasing Butch Lindley. And count Richard Petty in the sixth spot. And back in seventh, Harry Gant is on the tail end of the lead lap, trying to stay ahead of the Lindley Labonte battle for the leads. Terry Labonte has encountered some problems here in the south end of the speedway and is way off the pace as he heads to Eli Gold. Barney, when he came by us the last time, there was a good bit of smoke beginning to seep out from underneath the automobile. He comes limping by us now and with him pitting on the front pitch, he'll take the turn off the number four corner. He's going to go head right to the garage area. So it, I'm sure it was a early sign, the smoke we saw last time Labonte came by. Terry Looks Labonte. like for the first time this year, that car will not finish a race. Well, if you could have heard the dejection, Labonte's voice as he called on the radio to crew chief uh, down to Jake Elder that the motor just blew up. And that's a shame because he ran so well here today. Well, Ned will make his way over there and hopefully we can get a word with Terry Labonte. A whale of a battle going on for second spot between Tim Richmond and Darrell Walter as they go door to door up to Eli Gold in turn three. It's now Richmond to the inside, sweeping by Waltrip, who opened the door by going high on the racetrack. But still, Richmond is a half straightaway down to your leader, Butch Lindley. Well, again, Waltrip might have just said, hey, we've got almost 300 laps, 250 laps yet to run in this thing. No point in getting up there and really extending my car right now. He kind of knows what Richmond can do because they race three or four really hard laps, and there's still a long ways to go. Leader continues to be Butch Lindley. He's got it all together here this afternoon. He's never won a Winston Cup Grand National Race. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, Terry Labonte is still sitting in the car number 44 rather dejectedly. Terry, do you know what went wrong? No, Ned, I don't know. Uh, something, something happened to the engine. It was running just super good, and uh, it started missing, and then it just quit. It's the first race I believe you fell out of this year. Yeah, you know, we've, we've, had, we've been real lucky all year, and the guys have been doing a super good job, and, you know, we'll be back next week. Well, they knew it was inevitable that uh, one time they'd have to break and not be able to finish the race, because that's going to hurt his Winston Cup point lead. Well, as we said, he's had a good, solid racing season thus far, but bad luck is going to fall on everyone's head at one time or another. It just hasn't been his day here today, even though the car was running up there in the lead on occasions, had it all together, but he's out for the day. Bob Schacht is pitting his car in the back straightaway. He's been in and out, had more than his share of mechanical trouble. The leader just going out of turn number two. He now moves ahead of the number two car of Tim Richmond by about 15 car lengths, and Eli Gold, all of a sudden, that 0-1 car, of Butch Lindley looks like Darrell Waltrip did a couple of years ago when he dominated the field so strong here. I remember that, but of course, as we've said so many times, you don't know what's going to happen as the track changes its complexion throughout the next 250 or so laps. So there's plenty of racing to go, but right now, there are just a couple of cars that really work so very well through the turns. Obviously, Butch Lindley is one. Tim Richmond is working better now through the turns than he was a little bit earlier. Handling-wise, Darrell Waltrip not downstairs on the racetrack, but he He's able to keep pace awfully strong on the straightaways. Eli Gold's taking it through the front three and fourth right now. Bobby Allison. Fifth is Richard Petty in the sixth spot. That'll move Harry Gant up to sixth with the demise of the Labonte car. Seventh, one lap down, Ricky Rudd. Eight, 
to Neil Bonnet. Two laps behind, Mark Martin runs in the ninth spot and three laps down. Dave Marcus is 10th, ahead of Buddy Arrington, Jimmy Means, and the Joe Rutman automobile. Coming around for the halfway sign from starter Harold Kinder, Butch Lindley in the Emanuel Zervakis Buick. We'll take that halfway signal just halfway around the racetrack from now and we'll take you through the field at halfway. Lindley is the leader. He has led twice today, the first time for 70 laps and that earned him $1,000 for leading the most laps in the second 200 lap segment. He picked up the lead back on lap 219, 31 laps ago. He is off and running today from Tim Richmond, the second place car, the J.D. Stacy Buick. Darrell Waltrip is third and Bobby Allison is fourth. All of those cars are on the same straightaway. Richard Petty is about half a lap behind the leader. He's in the fifth spot and running in sixth. Also on the lead lap is the Harry Gant automobile. And in Mike, he's the fastest car on the racetrack right now. He was right in front of Butch Lindley when, as a matter of fact, beside of him when the green flag dropped after that last caution period. And he has pulled away by almost a half a lap, certainly a good third of a lap right now. So he is really moving. So Gant is on the charge coming from sixth position. One lap behind in seventh. A driver who led early, that was Ricky Rudd in the Piedmont Airlines Pontiac. In the eighth spot is Neil Bonnet driving for the Wood Brothers. Two laps down in ninth is Mark Martin. Three laps back in 10th is Dave Marcus. Buddy Arrington is 11th. Jimmy Means is 12th. 13th is Joe Rutman. Running in the 14th spot is local favorite Jimmy Hensley. In 15th is sportsman standout Brad Teague. 16th is Slick Johnson. 17th is Jody Ridley right now. In the 18th spot would be the J.D. McDuffie automobile, and those are all the cars that are left running at halfway. Well, if you joined us a little bit late, let's take you, update you a bit as to some of the things that have happened here at Martinsville this afternoon in the Virginia National Bank 500. We have had four, fifth, five caution flags thus far this afternoon. First one coming out on lap number 15 when D.K. Ulrich spun and hit the wall in turn number one, putting him out of the race. Donnie Allison spun out up in turn number three, broke the engine on his car on lap 40 to bring out the second one. On lap 51, Butch Lindley and Bobby Allison tangled up in turn three. Both are still in the race. Barney, let me interrupt you for just a moment. The second place car, Tim Richmond, is in the pits, an unscheduled stop. They're trying to get the hood up on the car, so Tim Richmond, who's run so well here this afternoon, is in the pits with problems. And that something must have just happened as he came off turn number four, or in this general vicinity out here with us, because he came off turn four as he normally would. He looked around, he saw there was no traffic to contend with, and he just made a very hard left, almost cutting the track diagonally, and just did sneak into the pitch. So he must have made a very quick decision to head down on this particular lap. Well, it just passed the halfway mark. The attrition rate is literally eating up the field here at Martinsville this afternoon. As we said, five caution flags. Morgan Shepard blue bringing out one, and Dave Marcus spun over in turn two to bring out the fifth one. Here are some of the top contenders that are sitting in the garage right now. Betty Parsons was the first one to go out. Kyle Petty has also retired his car. Buddy Baker is out. D.K. Ulrich, Donnie Allison. Lake Speed has also put his car behind the wall along with Dale Earnhardt, Ron Bouchard, Lenny Pond, Jeff Bodine, Terry Labonte, and Bob Shack, the latest to take his car in behind the wall. Well, Richmond may be another strong candidate for the Goodies Headache Award. The folks in the press box next door will vote $300 to the driver who suffers the biggest headache during the running or preparation of the Virginia National Bank 500. And as they roll Tim Richmond's car very slowly down the pit road, looks like he'll make that left turn back to the pit area and he'll join defending winner Morgan Shepard and Terry Labonte, the pole sitter, is real strong favorites for that rather dubious honor. Mike, someone has thrown a can out on the front straightaway right at the start-finish line. One of the cars came by and just barely clipped it, moved it on down to the inside of the track. The NASCAR officials are now aware of it. They're taking a look at it. However, that car did knock it down out of the groove. It was right up there in the groove, but now it's down out of the way, so apparently they feel that it is okay. Just an unconscionable act. You just can't believe the 
the way some folks would do something that would endanger the safety of drivers traveling around this racetrack at over 90 miles an hour. 259 laps have been completed. Butch Lindley appears to be pretty well in command, and Eli Gold up at your end of the racetrack. That's one car that's glued right down to the bottom. He has been working awfully well down there. The last time by, he went up just a little bit and wiggled the car just a mite, but aside from this last trip by, he has been glued so well down low, but when he has to get by race traffic, he's still been able to work high, even a groove, even two grooves higher than normal. 275 laps have been completed. The order pretty much unchanged. Butch Lindley at the head of the field. Darrell Waltrip in second with Bobby Allison right on his bumper in third, but probably Harry Gant is the fastest car on the racetrack. He has gone by Richard Petty for fourth spot, continues to move up. Petty is fifth. Those are the cars on the lead lap for Martinsville Speedway. At Martinsville Speedway, they've just announced 36,500 race fans. A new record here at Martinsville this afternoon. And when they started this one today, it looked like every seat in the house was filled and probably three or 4,000 people standing at the top of the grandstand to take this one in here today. And they've seen quite a show. The attrition rate has taken out of a lot of the top contenders, but there's still some super good racing going on here at Martinsville. Butch Lindley leads this show over Daryl Waltrip and Bobby Allison. Eli, the Daryl and Bobby show has really gotten going up at your end of the track. That's been a beauty. I think watching all the way around this track, the majority of Bobby Allison and Waltrip's doings have been right here off turns three and four. Bobby tries to make a move to the inside, draws alongside. Waltrip leads him off the turn. Then they reverse the scenario. Then they're side by side. And now Daryl is up by two or half for three car lanes. So it's been quite a battle, mostly here in turns three and four. Dave Marcus is having some problems up in front of Eli Gold. He had some problems before, Mike. He had to make some evasive moves to get out of the way of Harry Gant. Harry was working low on the racetrack and slid up a groove or so. And Dave smoked the tires as he went up a couple of grooves and then almost coasted to a stop as he tried to find a place to tuck back in. And now he's being passed by Jody Ridley. And Dave is a little bit off the pace from what he was running just a few laps ago. Well, he did the same thing at this end of the racetrack. It looked like a steering problem, but now he is, he is back up near race speed. There's an awful lot of battle scars on Dave Marcus's race car here this afternoon. One of the J.D. Stacy cars, the front end, has had more than its share of hits and knocks this afternoon along with the left side of the machine. Harry Gant seems to get quicker and quicker as the afternoon goes by, and it's amazing to look out through this grandstand area on both sides of the speedway at this 36,000-plus crowd when he starts to make a move or pass somebody on the racetrack. Almost half the crowd at one time will stand up and cheer him on. I think he has to be a sentimental favorite here today. They'd certainly like to see him win. Everybody knows what a super good driver he's been over the last couple of years, and they'd like to see him pull off a victory today, and he might be able to do it. Talked with Harry yesterday, and he says that the thing here at Martinsville is the team makes an adjustment on the car almost every time you come in, and that's the key to winning, the way this track changes. Sure, it's a circuit I've ever raced in, you know, to try to win races because the races are so long and the tracks change and the car changes and all day long you got to keep up on the adjustments and uh, that's the ones that usually win, you know, because there's many things uh, to consider, the big crew, the racetrack and the handling of the car, you know, it keeps changing all through the day, so uh, it's just something you got to really stay on top of for a 500 lap race. Well, a lot of people kind of feel that this is one of the racetracks of the many that owes Harry Gant a victory. Last fall here, he was in command of this race, eight laps from the finish, made the final pit stop, and found out that they had cut a tire, apparently coming off pit road, and he had to stop again and handed the lead to Darrell Waltrip. Just another in the long litany of second-place finishes for Harry Gant, but the way he's running right now, he could improve on that today. 289 of 500 laps complete. The leader is Butch Lindley in the Emanuel Zervakis Buick. Darrell Waltrip rides second. Bobby Allison right with him in third. Gant is fourth, and Richard Petty is fifth.
continues to be Butch Lindley setting the pace for the rest of the field this afternoon, and that might be a surprise to a lot of the Grand National drivers here, but I don't think it was any surprise at all to Lindley as he predicted earlier today. He might pull it off. There's still a long ways Spinning to go. Spinning off turn number four, J.D. McDuffie. He faces oncoming traffic, although he is out of the racing groove. Everybody can get by with no problem, but we'll look for the caution flag. Caution is coming out of the speedway for the sixth time this afternoon as J.D. McDuffie has the car come out from under him up in turn number four. Let's go back to Eli Gold. Very simply, J.D. came off the turn. He got almost set as the cars take a set near the outside retaining wall, but the car just kept coming on around, and J.D. brought it to a halt. He is inside right uh, alongside, actually, the pit retaining wall, so he's not near the oncoming race traffic, so he just sits there. He'll wait for everybody to get by. That caution was a big break for two drivers. Ricky Rudd was one lap down in danger of going two down, and Richard Petty was running only about two or three seconds ahead of leader Butch Lindley, who was setting quite a pace. McDuffie has fired his car, by the way. He circles it around, points it in the right direction, and he's back now down the main straightaway. Harry Gant dives on the pit road in a hurry. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. And he might have come in too quick, too, Barney, because uh, Butch Lindley and Darrell Walter are coming down pit road. Walter gets back out, but I think the pace car will go in front of uh, Jody Ridley, and uh, Harry Gant is going to be a lap down. Just a mental judgment right there. He came into the pits too early. He needed to catch up to the field before he came in. That happens so many times. A driver sees a caution come out. He knows he needs to make a pit stop, and without even checking the rest of the field, just instinct, he'll dive on the pit road, and it can be costly. We've seen it happen so many times over the years, but we'll check the situation when we come back in a moment. Well, I believe, Ned, won't that put him then at the tail end of the lead yeah. lap? Yes, that would be correct. He's, he's got to stay behind the pace car, Gant does. But as Butch Lindley, the leader, comes around having made his pit stop, well, he'll now not be the leader, Richard Petty, right ahead of him. But Gant goes back onto pit road again, and we'll sort it out for you just as soon as we come back. We are back under green at Martinsville, and it's really head-knocking time up the front of the pack going on between Harry Gant and Bobby Allison up to Eli Gold. And don't forget Darrell Walsh, if he's right there. Along with Bowdoin, we have cars spinning. Jody Ridley goes loop-de-loop -loop between turns three and four. The caution is going to come out. Everybody gets around, but Jody Ridley, a wild ride as he did a full 360 right between turns three and four. He has refired the car. Meanwhile, your leaders are on the back straightaway heading towards turn number three. Behind Harry Gant, it's Bobby Allison, Walchip, then Butch Lindley. Well, the scoreboard is showing Harry Gant as the leader, but I think this is going to be the break that he needs after making that, what I'll call a, a goof up there a moment ago, and that's strictly my opinion, but I think that he'd went a lap down again when he came into the pits too early. We'll check with the scoring, though, to be, be sure about that, but this will get him back in the back of the, uh, of the lead line now. Well, we'll see who the pace car picks up, whether it would be Harry Gant or Bobby Allison as the new leader, and if so, it would be quite a fortunate occurrence for Harry Gant if he stays on the racetrack at this time. And yes, he will do that, and we'll check and see who the pace car gets as the new leader. You can win a Daytona 500 Dream Vacation and two tickets to the 1983 Daytona 500 and the Goodies 300. That's the grand prize in the Goodies Race for the Money sweepstakes, along with an escorted tour of the NASCAR garage area, lodging for two for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach Shores, Florida, and $1,000 in spending money. Or you could win one of eight racing holiday of the month prizes, and two tickets to a selected NASCAR Winston Cup race, and $300 cash. All you need to do to enter is get the front panel from any size package of goodies, headache powders, or the name goodies, headache powders, printed in plain block letters on a 3x5 sheet of paper. Send it all to Goodies Race for the Money Sweepstakes, Post Office Box 500, Daytona Beach, Florida, 
3-2-0-1-5. Each entry must be in a separate envelope, and we'll choose the winners by drawing and announce the winners here on the Motor Racing Network. Enter as often as you like. If you're 18 or over, you're eligible except the employees and families of goodies and International Speedway Corporation or media and advertising agencies. No purchase required. And once again, that address is Goodies Race for the Money, Box 500, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. Bobby Allison just stopped out in the middle of the racetrack at the start-finish line and was talking to Ernie Moore. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett for an update on what might have happened there. Well, Bobby Allison, I think, was a little confused. He didn't think that uh, Harry Gant was supposed to go on around, but they did indeed put the pace car out in front of Bobby Allison. They first put it in front of Gant, but they motioned him to go on around, which in our opinion was correct. And so Gant now is at the back of the pack, but uh, Allison is the leader, but Allison didn't quite understand that. I don't think that he knew that Harry Gant was a lap down. Well, let's correct that, Ned. We, uh, we just had a talk with Morris Metcalf, and he's in conference with NASCAR officials, and they may shuffle that order just a little bit more. We do know that there are 304 laps completed here. Bobby Allison, Darrell Waltrip, Butch Lindley, Richard Petty, and Harry Gant are the cars on the lead lap, so they are checking it around, and they are moving Allison around to the back of the field. Okay, the, word from was... the word from NASCAR scoring is that he had been lapped in the okay. backstretch pits, and so now he will be on the tail end of the lead lap. Now, the reason they move him around is when the caution car comes on the racetrack, it picks up the leader of the race. With Allison and Gant both being just ahead of Darrell Waltrip, Waltrip would indeed be the leader. Allison and Gant get to come all the way around and pick up the tail end of the field, but stay on the lead lap. So that's the reason for both of those cars being moved around as they have been to the tail end of the field behind the safety car. Things can happen so quick on a short track. If a, two or three of the front runners run on pit road and somebody doesn't, it's hard to keep up with all the action. Morris Metcalf up in scoring is right on top of things up there, so he won't let you get too far behind in that department. So to sort it out, Waltrip in the Mountain Dew Buick of Junior Johnson is the leader. The Emanuel Zervakis Buick for Butch Lindley is second. The STP Pontiac of Richard Petty now rides in third. The Skull Bandit Buick for Harry Gant is fourth, and the Diegard Gatorade Buick, Bobby Allison's car, is fifth. That's the way they're running, and they're all on the lead lap. We're still under a lengthy caution as the cleanup crews are having to put a little stay dry down and check for any debris that might have dropped off. Jody Ridley's car over in the turn three that brought out the latest caution, incidentally, which is the seventh one of the afternoon, so we're still riding under caution here at Martinsville. It's jumbled the field up again. Butch Lindley is riding right behind Darrell Waltrip, who is the leader. The third-place car now becomes Richard Petty. Fourth should be Harry Gant, and fifth would be Bobby Allison, and that's the way they're running here at Martinsville, and we'll be going back to green here in another lap or so. One lap down, Ricky Rudd will be the sixth-place car in his Piedmont Airlines Pontiac. Two laps back is the Wood Brothers' Hodgson Thunderbird, that's Neil Bonnet. Three laps down, an eight spot, the Apache Stoves Buick for Mark Martin. Four or more laps behind, the ninth place car would be Dave Marcus. In 10th is now Joe Rutman. 11th is Buddy Arrington, and 12th is Jimmy Means. 13th is local favorite Jimmy Hensley. 14th is Brad Teague. 15th to Slick Johnson. The 16th spot, Jody Ridley. And 17th, the last car running on the racetrack, is J.D. McDuffie. Well, it's going to be interesting to see right now if Waltrip tries to keep Butch Lindley back there or if he'll try to lead part of this race for a while. For the most part of the day, he's been content to ride along back in second, third, and fourth position as the Pontiac safety car gets ready to dive onto pit road. Let's go to turn three. Double file restart as they rumble by us. Five hard chargers ready to go. Waltrip, Lindley, Petty, Gant, and Allison. They look for the green. Harold Kinder waves the green flag, and they come a-flying into turn number one. Ricky Rudd trying to get around the leader to pick up one of the laps he's lost here this afternoon. Walter will have none of that. Butch Lindley drops back a lap or 
a space or two as Richard Petty gets jumbled out of the groove here and loses a couple of spots in the field back up to turn three. He got shuttled all the way out, working his way off turn number two, and now finds himself caught in the pack. It's Waltrip, the leader, Butch Lindley right on his tail, and Harry Gant and Allison weeding their way through traffic. Ricky Rudd is only one lap down, and he's trying to get it back against Darrell Waltrip. He has the inside groove. Waltrip slides off at turn number two, and Rudd has the measure of him in the backstretch. That Piedmont car just flying down the back straightaway, diving at a turn number three, Rudd to the inside. Again, Waltrip goes high. Ricky Rudd sticks the nose out in front, and the Piedmont car still in a battle for the lead. One of the best runs of the year for the Piedmont Airlines car of Ricky Rudd. He's wanting to put himself back on the lead lap with Darrell Waltrip, and Waltrip is doing some hard racing for the first time this afternoon. They get together a little bit off the second corner. They're door-to-door back in three. Again, Ricky Rudd trying to get himself back on the lead lap. He is to the inside of Waltrip hanging right there, by the way, as Butch Lindley does not want to let Waltrip out of his sights there to the line. Don't be surprised if that battle between Ricky Rudd and Darrell Waltrip allows Butch Lindley to take advantage here in just a moment. If he can find a hole, Butch will shove it up in there and try to get around. Still, door to door, Waltrip and Ricky Rudd down the back stretch. Waltrip now showing a half car length advantage, but Rudd able to dive early into the turn. Waltrip is kicked to the high side. Rudd stays low. Right there now joining Argant and Lindley. Ricky Rudd on the inside. Waltrip may try to cut him off here at the turn. No, Waltrip gives Rudd plenty of room, although he has a car length on him. Coming off at two, Rudd gets a good jump. Can't do it. They settle in single file. Waltrip with the lead. Rudd a lap down. And then right behind Ricky Rudd, Butch Lindley, and then the Harry Gant cars. Then a few back as they try and stack it up again off turn number four. They'll come out single file. Harry Gant trying to find a little running room as he tagged into Butch Lindley coming off that fourth corner that time. Gant down to the inside groove. He's had one of the fastest cars here all afternoon. Right now, he swings it off the corner. Dirt tracks it out of the number two turn and heads down the backstretch. It's becoming a heck of a show. Let's not forget Bobby Allison knows the tail with Richard Petty. Petty has worked himself back through traffic as they're back to turn four. Down to turn number one. Now, Waltrip likes this groove one groove away from the bottom of the racetrack. That's how Rudd was able to get... Bobby Allison blows an engine and headed to you, Mike. Allison gets it a little bit sideways and spinning is Butch Lindley at turn two. Lindley has spun all the way around as the caution has come out for Allison's engine. What a tough break this is for young Butch Lindley. Trying to get refired before the cars come around. Rudd bangs off of Waltrip down to turn one, trying to get his lap back. Ned, you had the best line on the start-finish line. Did he get it? No, I was not looking. I was looking over Butch Lindley to see if he was going to get his car fired, which he did, and not lose the lap, so my back was turned to the start-finish line. Sorry about that. Eli Gold, from your vantage point at turn four. When they came by here, there was no chance for Ricky Rudd to get the lap back. Waltrip had him by almost three-quarters of a car length. Well, it appears that Waltrip holds the lead and holds Ricky Rudd at one lap down. And as well as the Piedmont car is working this afternoon, it's a cool move for Darrell Waltrip to be able to hold him off. Now, just as Bobby Allison's engine blew, coming down into turn number one, Butch Lindley trying to get inside of Rudd at turn number two, spun around, came to a stop, but refired the car and caught up with the pack before Waltrip came around. So Lindley then should still be on the lead lap. He didn't lose a lap because the pace car came on the track in a hurry. Butch fired the car, comes on around, so I don't think he'll lose a lap. Bouchard elects to pin under this caution flag, the eighth one of the afternoon. And again, the attrition rate builds and takes out another top contender, Bobby Allison. Back at the Martinsville Speedway, 18 cars are still in competition here as we take a look at the field riding along behind the Pontiac safety car after 315 laps. When that caution came out a moment ago, Bobby Allison has lost an engine apparently, but for, to find out exactly what's happened, let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, Bobby's standing here looking under the hood of the Gatorade uh, Chevrolet here today. Bobby, it looked like it just erupted on you. Yeah, it did, Ned. Uh, 
Early in the race, when uh, I got knocked down into the infield, uh, it bent up all the oil lines and everything on the car, and we've been having trouble with it all day, but we had to run, and this puts our guy back home, Robert Yates, in a hole, but, uh, you know, that's just the way racing goes. When you get a little bit behind, uh, you know, uh, it seemed like those kind of things happen. We were really in good shape until uh, one, one of those guys that likes to complain about everybody else run all over a couple of us out there on the back straightaway and shoved me down into the infield. There has been a lot of beating and banging going on out there. Yeah, I've been able to avoid all of it but that, thank goodness. Well, we're sorry to see you out of it here today. Better luck next time around, Bobby. Thank you, Ned. Pace car getting ready to dive in. Let's go up to Eli Gold. Harry Gant showing the way with Richard Petty second, Butch Lindley third, Waltrip fourth, and then Ricky Rudd, who is lined up alongside Harry Gant, trying to hang on to a fifth spot. Well, Harry Gant has worked at it all day long, and finally he's put the Skull Bandit right up at the front of the pack, but he's got his hands full again with Ricky Rudd, who's trying to stay on that lead lap as he dives underneath him in turn number one and pulls him off the number two corner. Gant is the leader. Ricky Rudd has himself back on the tail end of the lead lap. Behind Gant, Richard Petty now close closing in in car 43. Butch Lindley seems not any worse for the wear after his spin. He's in a tight third, leading Waltrip. Back into the number one corner again. Here comes Gant, and boy, does he shove it into the corner. Just noses Ricky Rudd right out of the slow lane. Gant really took the car in there that time, and it stuck for him as he puts Rudd a lap down again. Richard Petty rides second, back up to turn three. Gant's been strong all afternoon long. He finally has some clear sailing now, and he shows the way to the field as everybody chases him down off to turn four. Back down to turn number one, Harry Gant, class of the field. Ricky Rudd, one lap down, had a good strong shot to get it back, but Gant was just too much. The battle is going to be back at fourth spot as Butch Lindley and Darrell Waltrip mix it up. Darrell trying to look to the inside and the outside. Now he settles for single file as those cars dive into the turn. It's a lead held by Gant, followed by Richard Petty, then Lindley and Waltrip. Gant has had one of the best cars all day. He and Butch Lindley probably have been the two fastest cars in the field, at least from the stuff they have shown thus far. And right now, he pulls everyone off the number two corner by about five car lengths. Richard Petty rides in second. Up to third position right now would be the 0-1 car. Butch, Butch Lindley. Lindley. He's right there as he's still holding off Darrell Waltrip's attempt. Darrell just hounding him, looking and keeping him on edge, and that is something that anybody has to be able to contend with and everybody has to be able to do. Waltrip is just trying to wear him down a bit. Well, Ned, it looks like Darrell is just driving the kind of race he wants to here this afternoon. Yes, you wonder if, uh, if he has been just sort of cooling it all day long because, uh, as we've mentioned so many times when we've been here to Martinsville, brakes is such an important factor here, and if you use them up and don't have any there for the finish, well, boy, you can be uh, really hurting, and you wonder how much he has been holding back. But uh, as you mentioned, Gant has been running strong all day. I think consistently he's been the fastest car on the racetrack. He just got those laps back, got down, and uh, he's got them back now, and he's really proven the strength that he has. Off turn four, Harry Gant pulling away now. The wind intensifying just a bit, and Harry Gant is just leaving everybody in his wake. Harry Gant has just gone on down the road and left everybody else. Richard Petty rides in second spot. He's about two and a half seconds behind him right now, then back to third spot. That's changed when we're on the commercial break there. Darrell Waltrip has moved up into the number three position in the Mountain Dew car of Junior Johnson. And still, Butch Lindley rides fourth. Let's go to Eli Gold. And Butch Lindley, look who's side by side with him. Joe Rutman still out there. He's had his problems much of the afternoon. But that car, 75, still trying to hang with the leaders and get some work done here this afternoon. Joe Rutman is really in a learning process. I think he has the confidence in himself. As we mentioned earlier today, he seems happier with the new team he is with. 
right now than he has been in a long, long time. And there's nobody on pit road that won't agree that Rutman has the ability to win Grand National races. Ned, you've watched him come up in the last year or so, and I think he's kind of got it all together as far as the confidence he has in himself. Yes, he has, uh, Barney. And as you mentioned, he, he does seem particularly free feeling right now. He he likes the situation that he's in. He's a part of it. He actually goes to the garage, the Raymont garage in Charlotte now, and helps to work on the car, and he likes that part of it. And uh, he, he is a very competent individual. Of course, he came into Grand National with a lot of experience and a lot of winning experience, too. But he's found out how tough this league is, but he likes the challenge that he sees here. 336 laps are down in the record books at Martinsville Speedway. A lot of ominous black-looking clouds moving into the racetrack, but the ceiling is still fairly high. And hopefully the rain will hold off on this one as we're getting down toward the last 150 laps here before too long. Harry Gant out front. Gant's had a super day here. He's had overcome an awful lot of problems in the early going. Unscheduled pit stops. Got tangled up in one of the crashes. Did quite a bit of sheet metal damage to the right front of the Waltrip car. Waltrip has spun in the backstretch coming off turn number two. The car just came out, just briefly caught the outside wall. Spun around at a complete 360, hit the inside retaining wall and pulled away. It looked as if the right rear tire went down on the Junior Johnson Buick and caused it to pop the wall and spin around and hit the inside retaining wall. So caution is out here. This will be the ninth caution of the afternoon at Martinsville on lap 330 as Darrell Waltrip limps the car around, and there's a cool move, Ned. He didn't go straight to the pits. Very smart, because Harry Gant was coming up on him to put a lap on him. Now Gant gets the caution flag, so he will not be able to pass him, so has a very cool move on Walker's part that he stayed out on the racetrack and comes on around, so he'll stay in the lead lap. That right rear tire completely shredded on Darrell's car. A lot of smoke out from under it. The Junior Johnson crew will be standing by to see what the damage is and if he can continue here this afternoon. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, I think he'll be able to continue because even though there's a lot of smoke coming from the car right now, but that's coming from the tires. He's coming off of the fourth turn now, and he's still going to make one more lap to catch up to the field because the pace car is not that far behind him. He doesn't want to make the mistake that Harry Gant did here earlier and came into the pits too early and let the uh, lead cars go right on by him. So he's staying out on the track, and one other thing that he's doing, Barney, by staying out there is uh, the fact that that he's putting a little debris around the racetrack, so that'll probably extend this caution period a little bit while the safety crew goes out and checks the track and picks up that debris that he's uh, putting down on the track, mostly rubber off of those tires, but that will give them a little bit of extra time to do the work that they need to do once he comes into the pits, and right now he's coming into the pits, all, and everybody else is in the pits too. Well, he's right down on the left rear rim, and Ned, there'd have to be some concern that he doesn't tear up the brake or left rear suspension running around like that. Well, yes, of course, that is uh, always a, a very big concern, but uh, they'll check all of that over now that he is uh, in the pits. 340 laps have been completed here at Martinsville. Harry Gant was just running off from the field away from Richard Petty and Butch Lindley. The other cars in the lead lap, Darrell Waltrip. And now Ricky Rudd showing a lap down along with the Neil Bonnet and Mark Martin automobiles. Two laps down. The Dave Marcus car, rather, three laps down. Four laps down. Ninth spot would be Joe Rutman. Seven laps back. Jody Ridley in the 10th spot. That's the way they're running. And let's pause 10 seconds under this caution flag for station identification. Well, you might, the walking wounded might apply to the Junior Johnson Mountain Dew Buick. They sent him back. Looked like they put a tire on the left rear, but the right rear was still down on the rim. Well, they did the only thing they could do. They did what little work they could do to get him back out on the racetrack so he would not lose a lap. He beat the pace car back around, and he is still out there running on a rim, 
trying to get the car in to get some pit service as the crews work all the way around this racetrack to pick up rubber. A good observation on Ned Jarrett's part about Walter putting stuff around the racetrack. That's even going to work to his advantage. He'll have to go on pit road this time because he can't stay out there too much longer. He may tear something out from one of the cars you pointed out. Well, that left rear has shredded itself again, and the car is trailing plumes of tire smoke down the back stretch. He'll go back into the pits as we stay under caution, and they pick up a lot of debris out on the racetrack. The Pontiac Trans Am leads them around 343 of 500 laps completed. At the head of the parade once again appears to be Butch Lindley. Lindley in the Emanuel Zerbacus Buick running ahead of the Richard Petty automobile in second. Harry Gant in third and Waltrip still on the lead lap would be the fourth place car. Cleanup crew completing its work and we'll take this pause from Martinsville Speedway. Back at the Martinsville Speedway, the pace car is pulling on to pit road and Darrell Waltrip comes sailing back out, just barely beats it and gets onto the racetrack and did not lose a lap as he made another stop. And we are back under green at Martinsville. Butch Lindley, the leader, Richard Petty rides second, Harry Gant is third and they go after it up in turn three. And of course, Ricky Rudders there also trying to retain a spot at the tail end of the lead lap. Lindley right up on the rear deck of the Rudd automobile. Here's Richard Petty, looks to the inside, Harry Gant to the outside. Richard Petty is up there for the first time this afternoon. The jumbles of caution flags and pit stops and blown engines and wrecks all over the speedway has jumbled the front of that field about 15 different times this afternoon. But right now, Walker trying to stay on the tail end of the lead lap himself as they overhaul him up in turn three. Some 17 cars fighting their way out there. Here's Ricky Rudd. He moves to the inside of Waltrip. Remember, the leader is Lindley. He's right behind Darrell. Now, Ricky Rudd as well is trying to stay on the lead lap. He's gotten back on that lead lap, and he and Waltrip will try to keep Butch Lindley at bay. Rudd moves underneath Waltrip and down the back stretch. So now it's up to Butch Lindley to try and find some room. He'll go to the inside of Waltrip entering turn number three. That for the moment will put Waltrip back one lap in arrears and now Lindley will tuck in front of Waltrip and try and set sail to Rudd. Waltrip goes a lap down. Here's Richard Petty trying to get underneath him to drop him back a spot or so and Petty keep the leader in sight. Butch Lindley as they work off the corner. Harry Gant gets underneath Waltrip and he goes after Richard Petty. Harry Gant on the move from third spot right now now, the first car in the racetrack is Rudd. He is at this moment on the tail end of the lead lap. Then your three lead cars, Lindley, Petty, and Gant. Butch Lindley back in front. Richard Petty hounds him up into turn three. Richard Petty is right there, also having his hands full with Harry Gant. Gant trying to do a little rat-a-tat-tat on the rear deck of Richard Petty's car. A battle among three. Butch Lindley again brings him out of turn number four, back into the south end of the speedway, riding directly ahead of him. Is the Piedmont Airlines car, Ricky Rudd, who's had a topsy-turvy afternoon, trying to stay on the lead lap. Harry Gant, back in second spot, trying to take the lead away as they hit turn three. It's been an emotional roller coaster for these first three cars. Lindley has seen himself lead. He's seen himself down. Gant has had so many problems, and so has Richard Petty, but they're all battling for the lead. Ricky Rudd trying to hang on to that lead lap as Harry Gant draws a bead. On the Butch Lindley car, he gets underneath Lindley, pulls right up to the rear bumper, but can do no more as they go to the backstretch. Battle scars on Harry Gant's car, not deterring him as he tries to chase down Lindley. He'll get tucked in. Gant will behind some slower traffic. That's J.D. McDuffie's car, so everybody comes single file off four. Well, that mean streak we were talking about coming out, and Harry Gant is beginning to surface here this afternoon. Gant's using up the racetrack when he needs to, driving hard. He doesn't mind tapping you a little bit, as that will happen on a short track, but Gant's getting it done here at Martinsville this afternoon, and so is Butch Lindley. They're back in four. Right front fender of Harry Gant peeled back like it's been used by a can opener. That's not bothering him. He's hanging on Butch Lindley. 
give a call to Ricky Rudd, the Piedmont Airlines car. He led this race for some 50 laps early, got caught a lap, even two laps down, but now he's on the tail end of the lead lap and running well. Lindley not about to overlap him as his rearview mirror is full of Harry Gant. At this moment, Butch Lindley working low on the racetrack. Harry Gant tries to stick the nose of his car even lower than that of Lindley, but he can't make a move. Harry Gant putting all the heat he can on Butch Lindley. Here they are, back in the south end of the track. Ricky Rudd is the factor here. There's no outside groove for Harry to get into. He's just going to muscle his way underneath Butch Lindley off the corner. They're door to door. It's a track race. Here's Gant, awfully strong, sweeps underneath Lindley into the lead, into turn number three and four. Here comes Ricky Rudd. He wants to stay on the lead lap. He'll battle Harry Gant. And Richard Petty slides by Butch Lindley and moves up into the second spot. Ricky Rudd putting on quite a show for the fans as is Gant and the STP car of Richard Petty. Petty is there. Don't count him out either. They're up to turn three. And do you keep this pace for the next 143 laps? We'll see as Gant is the leader. Richard Petty in second. He's feeling the heat of Butch Lindley. And let's not forget Rudd. He's still much in the battle. Ricky Rudd is now caught a lap down behind Harry Gant as Richard Petty comes up to try and challenge for the lead. Lindley is underneath Petty out of turn two and may have the second spot back. They stack him up on the back straightaway. Lindley trying to outdrag Richard Petty. He does. The 0-1 car takes second place away from Richard Petty. Now trying to chase down Gant. Harry is up by seven car lengths. Well, you can see why 36,500 race fans have packed into Martinsville this afternoon. This is the kind of racing they come to see. From the stands, you can look right in the cockpit of the cars watch the drivers at work as they do their thing on Sunday afternoon a hot battle going on all the way around this racetrack they're back in three Richard Petty had thoughts of putting Ricky Rudd even further down but Ricky accelerated into turn number three and weathered the storm right there Gant back in the south end of the speedway he has worked for it this afternoon still looking for that first win so many folks thought it would come last year Harry himself even felt like he would win it the first three or four times out of the box this year but it's still he's come up empty handed he's in a good position right now to get it done as he comes out of turn number four and heads back into the south end of the track 139 laps left to run here and the beaten bang goes on now it's Richard Petty trying to get by Ricky Rudd and paced Rudd a little further back in this field there are only three cars now on the lead lap and those would be Lindley the Richard Petty car and of course the leader Harry Gant one lap down is Rudd and Darrell Walsh of the fifth place car two laps back is Neil Bonnet three laps down Mark Martin Dave Marcus five laps back is Joe Rutman and rounding out the top ten seven laps down Jody Ridley nine cautions thus far today that last one came out on lap 330 for Walter that was just about 50 laps ago and every time out the complexion of this race has changed drivers that have dominated Terry Labonte led the first 63 laps picked up a thousand dollars Butch Lindley came on after Ricky Rudd and Tim Richmond had had a shot at the lead Lindley picked up a thousand dollars for leading the most laps in segment two out of the five Richmond, then Waltrip, then Labonte back in the lead again, and then another $1,000 for Butch Lindley, leading laps 219 to 296. And in this 100-lap segment, it's been anybody's race. Waltrip led up to 318. Harry Gant took the lead. Richard Petty led a lap to pick up five bonus points. Then it's been Gant and Lindley back and forth again. This time, Harry Gant has held the lead since about the 350th or so lap for the last 35 or so. And 
Doesn't look like anybody's going to do anything with him if he continues to run as he is right now. Well, he has three and a half seconds on the second place car, Butch Lindley, and he has about a five second advantage over the third place car, Richard Petty. Three cars are on the lead lap here at Martinsville. They're all separated, but within the length of a straightaway, Harry Gant goes into turn one just as Butch Lindley crosses the start finish line and Richard Petty comes up out of turn four. A lap down, Ricky Rudd and Darrell Walter from fourth and fifth place cars. They are separated by almost a straightaway as well. 391 laps complete, 109 left to run in the Virginia National Bank 500. Back at Martinsville Speedway, trouble for one of the greatest names in the sport, Richard Petty. He came into turn one a lap ago, Barney, and the car just went right up to the top of the racetrack, and Petty had to all but stop way up in the marbles, the debris at the top of the track, to avoid hitting the turn two retaining wall. He got right down to the bottom of the racetrack, very slowly came around and down behind the pit wall, out of the race, and Ned Jarrett will be on his way to find out why. Also, Mike, let's mention from our vantage point here in the turn at this end of the pits, it's Joe Rutman's car. Finally, he just came in the pit area, gone behind the wall. They've jacked it up, and they're looking around, but there's some uh, telltale smoke coming out of the left side of the automobile. So the crew just looking over it right now, and it might be the end to a, a strange but a, an interesting afternoon for Joe Rutman. Well, meanwhile, back at the head of the field, it is Harry Gant, who is uh, having uh, the same type of day he had here last September. He'd get out front and lead the race, open himself up a good margin. But as you recall, what happened last year, the car came into pit under a caution with about eight laps to go and coming out of the pits. Apparently, they ran over some piece of debris, cut a tire. He had to pit, and Waltrip ended up with the race and again denied Harry Gant his first Grand National victory. Well, as Benny Parsons said, circumstances have won so many races this year, but right now, Gant is getting it done in a car that looks like somebody took a giant pair of vice grips and tried to pinch the right side off the car in that front fender area. His crew did a heck of a job to get him back out there, and Gant produced the rest of the effort this afternoon and his driving ability to work traffic and put himself at the head of the pack. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, Richard Petty has coasted in behind the uh, pit area here. Richard, what went wrong? Tore the gear out. Uh, it just broke the gear. It wasn't ever smelling or nothing like it. Just went down the back uh, front streets and went let off on it. The gear broke and uh, his leg didn't hit a wall. Boy, there's a lot of beating and banging going on out there today. Well, there's always a lot of beating and banging when the cars run that close together. Everybody running the same speed, and if somebody makes a little bit of a slip, you know, then they run into each other. And then there was two or three occasions that it really shouldn't have happened, too, because it was sort of aiming at each other. But it really wasn't that bad. Okay, there's the champ, but he's out of it here today. Well, Richard Petty will be making his next stop at Talladega, Alabama next weekend to try and win the Winston 500. He made a good run at it here this afternoon. He worked his way up to second position there on one occasion and looked like he had a good shot to win, but he heard him tell Ned Jarrett a moment ago he broke the gear. He's through for the day. Kyle went out a little bit earlier. That's the fourth car today to exit this race with rear-end trouble. Jeff Hodine, Buddy Baker, Richard Petty all out of the race. Ron Bouchard broke a rear axle, but they repaired it, and he is now back and running, though many laps down. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. Marty, we're, we're down at the other end of the pits now. Joe Rutman has come into the pits. He's still in the car. Joe, what's the problem? Uh, the rear end uh, just burned out. We're just losing dope. So consequently, uh, just built up too much heat. So the boys want to change the rear end. So we're just going to go ahead and uh, see if we can't get a change to get a few more laps in. Okay. So they're changing the rear end on the car, hoping he can get back in there. I'll make that five cars that are now out of the race or having been slowed by rear-end trouble. 403 laps complete, 97 to go. Harry Gant trying to hang on and pick up his first Winston Cup victory. Gant is the leader. Butch Lindley rides in the second position. 
Right now they're posting Ricky Rudd as the third place car. Richard Petty was the third place car and on the lead lap and Jody Ridley gets way up in the marbles. Just misses the retaining wall as Petty did some 10 laps ago. Continues on his way out of turn number two. Petty was on the lead lap until he lost a rear end just a few laps ago. So Ricky Rudd, one lap down as third place car. Darrell Waltrip in fourth spot is pulled right up on the back bumper of the Piedmont Pontiac as they go to the back straightaway. As those cars work down the back straightaway, Waltrip trying to dice it up with Ricky Rudd. Again, a battle for third position here. Waltrip will go low on the racetrack. Rudd goes way high, and Waltrip, if he has the drag, can get the job done. Back down to our turn number one, and Waltrip has taken third position away from Ricky Rudd. Rudd having a real strong day here for Richard Childress. Pushes the nose a bit down at turns one and two. Holds on to the fourth spot as Waltrip scoots up the backstretch, and Harry Gant moves in to try and lap both of those cars. Final 100 laps of the day is Virginia National Bank 500, and it's been a topsy-turvy afternoon and a strange one at Martinsville. The attrition rate has been the big story here this afternoon as probably two-thirds of the top contenders that had a shot to win this race are now sitting on pit road or in the garage area or loaded on the truck and ready to head for Talladega, Alabama next week. But there's still plenty of good competition on the speedway. Gant looks like he could be on his way to winning his first Winston Cup Grand National race ever. But how many times last year did we see the same situation and something go the other way? Maybe today is going to be the day for him. So right now you've got Butch Lindley and Harry Gant running in inverted order. Gant, of course, the leader. And they're up by a couple of laps right now as they work back to the line. Good strong run for both those young drivers here this afternoon. Butch Lindley plans to make another appearance or two this year, probably about another five to six races in the Winston Cup circuit. And maybe next year, if the right situation works out, which he told me yesterday he is working on for a full-time ride in 1983. Very talented race driver. And a lot of people had concerns about Butch being able to last the distance here today. He normally runs in the sportsman division around the country, and he's one of the top chauffeurs in that department. But a lot of people felt like he wouldn't have the physical stamina to go 500 laps here at Martinsville. But he hasn't faded by the wayside yet. Well, as many fellows like Jeff Bodine and Ron Bouchard have told us, it's tough to come off those 30-lap races and come out here and run 500 laps. When Bouchard ran this track for the first time at a Grand National last year, he had driven the modified car for Lenny Bowler 150 laps the day before, and heat exhaustion Smoking, got him McDuffie. out of the race. J.D. McDuffie, car number 70, begins to smoke as he comes off turn number four. He takes it low on the racetrack. A little puff of smoke a lap or two ago around here has gotten worse, and J.D. may have to call it ADOs for the day very shortly. He'll probably be pulling into the back pits here in just a moment as he comes off the number two corner and takes it in behind pit wall. And we'll watch to see if they try to get him back out there and cure the smoking problem, or he'll be added to the list of cars sitting in the pits. Tough break for veteran campaigner J.D. McDuffie out of Sanford, North Carolina, and the Max Stores Pontiac. 421 laps have been completed. Harry Gant is continuing to run down the clock here at Martinsville as it's kind of a play on words if you sit around the press box because a grandmother clock awaits the winner of the Virginia National Bank 500 along with a whole bunch of cash from Virginia National Bank. Well, I know a lot of you guys have picked Harry Gant here this afternoon, and in the back of your head, you're kind of pulling for him. Darrell Waltrip talked yesterday about how much pressure there is on a driver and the top teams to win a race right now, but he says a lot of that is self-imposed on the driver himself. But, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be content to uh, just show up and race. Uh, I've devoted my whole life to winning races and, and being at the top, and uh, it gets very discouraging uh, real quick when, when you're used to winning, you're used to running up front, and all of a sudden things don't go well for you, and you find yourself just, uh, just one of the boys. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, there's a lot of pressure put on you by the sponsors and the owners, but again, 
there's a great deal of pride amongst all the top race drivers and they want to be the best and they want to win every race if they can and when they don't uh, then then it reflects uh, in other ways uh, uh, you know around the racetrack sometimes a guy that's real congenial and real happy if he gets in a slump and doesn't win or has a lot of problems then he can be hard to deal with they don't care whether it's me or Richard Petty or who it is but uh, we all understand that we can't win every race. We just work as hard as we possibly can to try to win every race. 425 laps completed, 75 to go. A quick look back through the field. Gant and Lindley are the cars on the lead lap. Waltrip and Rudd are one lap behind, running nose to tail, third and fourth. Three or more laps back. Neil Bonnet is fifth. Sixth is Mark Martin. Seventh is Buddy Arrington. Eighth to Jody Ridley. Ninth is Slick Johnson. Tenth is Jimmy Hensley. In the 11th spot would be Jimmy Means Automobile. Running 12th would be Brad Teague. Dave Marcus has slipped back to the 13th position. And those are the cars running. There are only 13 left of the 31 that started this race. And up the backstretch, that battle for third is enjoined again. It's Waltrip and Ricky Rudd. Ricky Rudd working to the inside of Waltrip. He'll dive into the turn. Waltrip currently holding third. Rudd fourth, side by side off the turn. Waltrip is high. Rudd is low. Ricky Rudd may be putting on his best performance of the season. I think they've only finished one race this year in that Piedmont Airlines car. Richard Childress told me this weekend the crew had really pulled all the stops to get things turned around to go the other way. And the driver's certainly done his part this afternoon, and you can see the crew has because he's still out there dueling just as hard as he was when they dropped the green earlier today. And, Barney, that crew is right directly in front of my broadcast position here in the pits, and they are really cheering him on right now as he went around Darrell Walter moved back into that third place. They're a happy bunch. So move right up to the third spot behind Harry Gant and Butch Lindley. Jimmy Hensley's done a good job here at Martinsville this afternoon. He lives just down the road at nearby Ridgeway, Virginia. He's got a lot of laps on this racetrack also. He's taken the number 40 car and posted a pretty good run with us this afternoon. Of course, the car would have a very difficult time winning here, but Hensley is a very good race driver. He's done a good job with it this afternoon. We haven't talked much about him, so we'll let the fans who pull for Jimmy Hensley in this area and around the country know that he is still riding along in 10th position, having a pretty good day. That's the Midlothian Texaco Buick out of Baxter Price's shop. And indeed, the driver who has won a sportsman race or so here at Martinsville Speedway, doing very well for his hometown fans. The driver who's really putting the show on this afternoon is Harry Gant. After the field got sorted out and the attrition took its toll and cut the field in half, Gant has come back from being a lap down on two occasions, one of his own doing when he pitted too soon before the caution car came out. But he has made those laps up, just come right around the field in order to lead this race over Butch Lindley by the length of a straightaway. Lindley driving the Emanuel Zervakis Buick, a car that was built by Zervakis and Jeff Bodine a year ago, ran three or four races, as Jeff told us earlier in the broadcast, and he and Zervakis parted company on friendly terms. Bodine cast it around and finally has landed that Cliff Stewart ride in the Performance Connection car. They have shown well in qualifying in their two outings that they've had, and they'll be looking for their first super speedway race as a team the Winston 500 next Sunday. But Harry Gann is the story. Butch Lindley, a straightaway behind, still on the lead lap, and still kind of a good tussle. Ricky Rudd getting the measure of Darrell Waltrip a few laps ago for the third spot. Waltrip's car, if you joined us late, spun off of turn number two on the 320th lap, or 330th lap, rather, came back and hit the inside wall. Junior Johnson of the team did a great job getting him back on the track without losing a lap at the time, but they have since gone a lap down and run in the fourth spot. Neil Bonnet, Rides in fifth. The Wood Brothers from nearby Patrick County, Virginia, don't have a short track race car, so they convert one of their super speedway machines to run here. And all things considered, it does run quite well. And Bonnet 
though three laps down, has hung on to the fifth spot here. Well, they'll take the governors off from it next week at Talladega. That's Neil Bonnet's kind of track. There's about five drivers that seem to just thrive on the 200-mile-an-hour speeds. Their eyes light up when you talk about going to Talladega. Buddy Baker is one. Dale Earnhardt is another. And some of the younger drivers who really like to get up front. Neil Bonnet's one of the other drivers who enjoys that. I talked with Neil about that yesterday. You really get turned on when you talk about 200-mile-an-hour drafts. I tell you what, you know, a lot of people say they don't like the 200-mile-an-hour racing. If we was running 220 at Talladega now, it'd suit me because if you like race cars and high speed, that's the ultimate right there. Talladega is the fastest place in the world. We get in and get these things turned loose. It's just a lot of enjoyment for me. And uh, I go down there. It's in my backyard, but I think I like the racetrack more specifically because of the way it's built than anything else. Well, if you've never seen a race at Talladega, you certainly want to be there next week for the running of the Winston 500. It'll just make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. It does mine, and I've been going out there since about 1969 when they opened that speedway. It's, it is totally unreal stock car racing, the world's fastest track. Waltrip again in trouble here in the south end of the speedway. Something has happened to the car. He gets up in the loose stuff, slows down a bit, and eases the car down the backstretch toward Eli Gold. He's nowhere near race speed right now, Barney. As a matter of fact, Jimmy Hensley in car number 40 comes up and makes a challenge towards Darrell Waltrip, and Darrell is going to head into the pitch. He'll stay on the apron of the racetrack and come limping around with a good bit of smoke now showing. He won't go to the pits, but the right front tire is all gone. He's again on the rim, this time the right front. I think he thought maybe the caution flag might come out, uh, but he went on around the racetrack. The right front tire looks like it is uh, completely flat on the tire, on the car, but it he is. It just is, went another is. lap down. Waltrip having more than his share of troubles here this afternoon after a super run over at North Wilkesboro to win the Northwestern Bank 400 over there last Sunday. He's limping around the north end of the speedway. Probably will come onto pit road this time. Let's go to Ned. I'm sure he will. They're going to give him the black flag, but he is coming down pit road. I think he thought the caution would come out the last time around. That's why he stayed out on the racetrack, but it was to no avail. It just cost him some extra time, but he's in the pits now. Darrell Walters' pit stop to replace that right front tire has dropped him back to fifth spot. Neil Bonnet in the Wood Brothers. Warner Hodgson T-Bird moves up to the fourth spot. 445 laps complete, 55 laps to go at Martinsville Speedway. Well, there should be about 51 laps to go when Harry Gant comes off that fourth corner and swings by the flag stand this time. They will give him the indication that there will be about 51 laps remaining according to the scoreboard up in the north end of the speedway. Ned Jarrett's making his way over to Gant's pits to find out maybe a little strategy here, whether they'll try to stretch their fuel and go the distance, put a little pressure on some of the other drivers to make them also gamble and stay out there. And as soon as he gets the information, uh, Ned will pass it along to us. But Gant right now rides easily around this racetrack. He worked for it this afternoon. If he wins this one, he overcame adversity in the early going. As we said, the right front of the car completely shredded. Metal was bent in on the tire, chomping at it early in the race. His crew ripped that away, put him back out there, and Gant has really worked his tail off through traffic all afternoon and right now enjoys a pretty healthy lead over Butch Lindley. Here's Joe Rutman back on the racetrack in the... Rahilly and Mock Racing Engines, number 75 machine. They've repaired the rear end problems. Rutman stayed in the car when he talked to Ned Jarrett, and they are back on the speedway, although some 50 laps down. Let's go to Ned. Well, Barney, we are in pits with Travis Carter. Travis, can you go the rest of the way? Yeah, we're going to try. I think we're doing pretty safely. Look like everything's really working well for you here today. Well, it has before, so we'll just have to see what happens. Good luck. We've got a good chance. I'd say you have. Well, a very cautious optimist, Barney, after last year. Well, you know, after so many times they've had the bad things happen to them, Travis not counting his chickens until they put them in the coop this time and locked the door. 
But right now, everything is going their way. But as you pointed out a few minutes ago, it was going their way here last year. But we still got a little less than 50 laps to run. And this one, about 47, as a matter of fact. And you heard him tell Ned Jarrett they'll probably gamble and stay out there unless a caution comes out. And then, of course, probably everybody would come onto pit road. Right now, he has put Butch Lindley a full straightaway and then a little bit more behind. That's the distance between first and second. Those two cars are on the lead lap. Yeah, Gant continues to pad his advantage. One lap down is Ricky Rudd in the Piedmont Airlines Pontiac having a very, very good run here for car owner Richard Childress and the Piedmont folks in nearby Winston-Salem. He got out and led 55 laps of this race in the early going, dropped a lap down, got it back and back and forth several occasions. At one point, he was as much as two laps down. And two laps down at the moment, make that three laps down as the Neil Bonnet automobile currently posted in the fourth position, Darrell Waltrip after another pit stop to replace a tire, has gone back to the fifth spot. 45 laps to go for Martinsville Speedway. Harry Gant just holding his breath here at Martinsville Speedway this afternoon. 36,500 race fans raising their arms, cheering him on as he works his way around the prettiest half-mile track in the nation, hoping to pull off his first Winston Cup Grand National victory ever. Gant is out of the fourth corner, having no trouble, healthy well, lead over Butch Lindley. came in, Barney, for a quick uh, pit stop just to take on gasoline. Now we'll see if Travis Carter and his crew might change their thoughts on Harry Gant coming in that they've been able to pull that much farther ahead of Lindley. Gant has now gone a lap in the lead. Well, Butch Lindley, who just ducked onto pit road, he heard Ned say they topped off the tank. Now, Travis Carter told him a moment ago they were going to gamble on Harry Gant's car and try and keep him out there to go the distance. According to our statistics here in the booth, Gant was on pit road last somewhere around lap 348 to 350, and they can run probably as much as 165 to 70 laps here on a tank of fuel. Uh, Jake Elder told us this morning, depending on the carburetor they're running on the car, whether they've got the big squirters in it to give them a little extra boost off the corners, or whether they're running the, maybe a little less on it, will depend on the fuel mileage. The way Gant's been running, I'd say he had the big squirters in there, that's for sure. He works his way through the south end of the speedway. Harry Gant in the lead on a lead lap all by himself as he heads up to Eli Gold. And we were talking before, Barney, about how things have been earned today for Harry Gant, whatever the outcome. And it would be kind of a poetic justice, because last year, how many times did he really outclass the field? He led at Dover and ran comfortably. He ran here at Martinsville. And today, the car's crinkled up. He's battled back from mishaps, from being lapsed down. And right now, is on a lap by himself. So maybe things are turning. Maybe the tide is changing just a bit for Harry Gant. One other thing that's happened recently on his car, of course, that right side is bashed in, and, and the fender, they've cut away part of it, and it's sticking up in the air. But uh, the left side the rear part of the left side of the hood has come loose it looks like the hinge has come loose i don't think it'll bother him any but uh it is uh, sticking up in the air a little bit higher than normal well if the thing should fly up of course nascar would have no choice but to black flag him back onto pit road if it were a hazard to safety on the speedway let's hope it doesn't Gant having one of his best runs ever, as he did last year so many times, in a position to win his first Winston Cup race. I don't think there's a team that deserves a win out there right now any more than Harry Gant does. He has really drove his heart out since he took that ride full-time. Travis Carter and the crew continue to put a first-class race car under him every week. But you heard Travis say a moment ago he didn't sound that enthusiastic because he's seen it happen so many times before. He's going to wait until they're in victory lane. Well, it happened seven times to Harry Gant last year. Cale Yarborough beat him in the Coke 500 at Atlanta. That was his last ride for Jack Beebe in the Race Hill Farms team, and it was Harry's biggest payday. He earned $32,000 that day. Waltrip beat him at Darlington in April. Bobby Allison, Gant finished second to Bobby in May at Charlotte. 
and in June at Michigan. Cale beat him at Daytona in the Firetracker 400. He finished second again. He was second to Benny Parsons at Richmond in September. And we've talked a couple of times today about what happened here in September when Harry Gant had the race. With eight laps to go, he had the lead, that is, cut a tire and was beaten by Darrell Waltrip. So seven times last year, ten in his Winston Cup career, he has been the bridesmaid. Well, he's got a cushion here right now as the laps wind down here at Martinsville Speedway. Harry Gant firmly in command of the Virginia National Bank 500, looking for his first win ever, a full lap lead on the field. Travis Carter going to gamble, at least that's what he told Ned a moment ago, that they would not bring him in for a fuel stop, and he could probably go the distance. Ned, we were talking while you were coming back up to the tower about Jake Elder had said sometimes they put what they call a, the big squirters in the carburetor to give them a little extra boost off the corners that can make the fuel mileage vary but I don't think they could go 170 laps here with probably out any trouble at all. Well that's only about 85 miles Barney even though uh, there's turning the same RPMs or maybe even a little more here at Martinsville than they would on one of the bigger speedways where they can go 100 to 105 to 110 laps or 105 to 10 miles I should say on a tank of fuel so uh, this is, let's say, only about 85 miles, so they can uh, can go that far, I think. Well, I don't think but they... It, it might be to his advantage uh, to come in maybe with 10 or 15 laps to go and just take on some just to ensure himself of being able to go because certainly he would not want to run out out there completely because, he, you know, the car might not crank back and you know, a lot of things could happen. So uh, it'll be interesting to see just what their strategy is. Well, they pretty well figured it down to a science on most of these racetracks as they come to the racetracks, most of them twice a year. They pretty well know what they got fuel mileage last time in comparison to the setup they've got on the race car this time. So you can bet Travis Carter certainly is not going to let it Harry Gant hang out there and run out of fuel. If there's any way at all that fuel pressure starts going down or Gant thinks he might need some, he'll put it in the pits in a hurry. Well, all the fingers are crossed out on pit road and these cold bandit pits. Travis Carter and his crew helping Harry Gant can hang it on for 26 more laps to win the Virginia National Bank 500. Back at the Martinsville Speedway, Harry Gant, you almost can feel the tension in the fans that want him to win here this afternoon. He certainly is a favorite. They've been pulling for him all day long. Every time he moved up a position, worked to get back up in that lead lap earlier this afternoon and then took the lead. They all came to their feet, cheering him on. You see the arms fly up almost every time he comes around. As you said a minute ago, Mike, he came so close to winning here last year. Just looked like there's no way he could lose and then cut the tire and made that unscheduled stop. But the laps are winding down for Gant right now. Should be about 20 to go when he crosses the start-finish line next time by. Well, we were kidding in the garage area yesterday. I asked Kerry, I said, is this a racetrack that you think owes you a victory? And he says, well, he says, this one and Dover. And he, he ran down a list of about half a dozen of them, that, the type of career he's had. He had three runner-up finishes for Jack Beebe in 1980, where he finished second. And we just ran down the seven that he had last year in Atlanta for Jack in the Race Hill Farms team, and then six for the school bandit team under Travis Carter owned by Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham but he comes down to turn one and two and keeps the car right down at the concrete brings it up high up against the fence down the back stretch yet another time and up towards Eli Gold. Last time we talked about a popular victory I guess was back at Dover last year when Jody Ridley won for Junie Donlevy. This might be another so-called popular victory if Harry Gant can pull it off. You take a look at everybody cheering. Everybody identifies their allegiance at a racetrack. If you're wearing a Richard Petty hat or a Waltrip hat or an Earnhardt hat, 
whoever's hat you're wearing today, folks are standing and cheering for Harry Gant. So if Harry can hang in for these next 19 laps, it will be your basic popular victory, and it's good to see. Mike, I've been looking, uh, watching the pits down there as Mark Martin comes in just for a dash of fuel and goes back out in the Apache stove entry, but I've been watching Travis Carter and them, and there's been no commotion in the pits as if they're uh, planning to bring him in. So apparently they are going to leave him out there. We'll keep our eye on him and see what does happen. Well, Harry Gant works his way through the south end of the speedway, cuts around Jody Ridley, just keeps it right down to that low groove as he has all afternoon here, and going a little further on what Eli Gold said a moment ago about it being a popular victory, I got a feeling that if Harry Gant kind of snuffs out the field, so to speak, here oh, this oh. afternoon, it's going to be, the fans are going to go really crazy because they have pulled for Gant so long. He was a hard luck driver all last year, but he's right now has victory in sight. All he needs to do is just keep it between the concrete walls as he heads back up to turn three. Been watching another driver here this afternoon. We've not mentioned all that much. who's run steadily today, and that's Brad Teague, another guy who has a good number of laps on this racetrack. Of course, in his late model sportsman and doings and what have you, and the Food Country USA sponsored cars, but out there steadily. Don't know the exact lap count for him right now, but he's running a competitive race today. Well, as brilliant as Harry Gant's drive has been, and a good call to Brad Teague, Ricky Rudd has had a good day today for the Piedmont Airlines team, and Butch Lindley, the former late model sportsman champion from Greenville, South Carolina, has come here to run in the Winston Cup competition with a car that's 400 pounds heavier than the sportsman car he usually drives here, has led a good portion of this race. He's already picked up $2,000 in lap money. Looks like he could be headed for a good, strong second-place finish today. Right now, Lindley is second with just 14 laps to run. Ricky Rudd is third, Neil Bonnet is fourth, and Darrell Walsh is in the fifth spot. Well, Ned, you kind of watched Harry come from nowhere over in your part of the country a few years ago to start at the Hickory Speedway and run so many of the short tracks. I don't think there's a stronger driver. Perhaps he and Cale Yarborough have to be physically the two strongest race drivers running today. Yes, I would agree with that 100%. I've never seen him tire or need to get out of a car. He, he just runs as strong at the end of the race as he does uh, at the beginning of the race. And I'll tell you, in a race of this sort, that can be an advantage. But he is very, very strong. And, of course, he has a tremendous mental attitude about it, too. And, and that's very important. And Gant really physically works inside that car. Whether you're on a super speedway, you'll see him really doing some wheel twisting as he's doing right now because you can kind of tell the tires are getting down a little bit. Gant's working his way through traffic. The car beginning to scoot out a little bit when he comes off the turns and he's really getting after it. But he's watching that scoreboard at the north end of the speedway as the laps wind out. Here he is back in the south end of the track. He'll be running up on Darrell Waltrip this time around. And Gant eases off the number two corner and up the back chute and up to Eli Gold again. At this point, everybody, of course, has settled into exactly what they're doing. Nobody's varying their lanes except when traffic is a factor. Harry Gant through three and four, right down low on the racetrack and floats out to the wall. He's not varied that line for the last hundred or so laps. Let's pause ten seconds for station identification. Here at the Martinsville Speedway, Neil Bonnet apparently has worked his way up into third position as the laps wind down here at Martinsville. 491 are showing on the board. And, Ned, I guess you have an eye down on the crew down there. And, of course, looks like they're going to leave him out there the full distance. Well, Ned apparently is making his way down to Victory Lane, hopefully to greet Harry Gant here in just a few moments. But it does look there's no activity in the pits. We can see it from here as Travis Carter and Hinky Eanes and the crew just watch their driver try to put it into victory lane for the first time ever at Martinsville this afternoon. Let's take you back through the field. Those of you following the other of the 14 drivers still in competition with eight laps to go. Of course, Harry Gant has a full lap on the field. Bush Lindley riding in second is a lap down, two laps down. Neil Bonnet is now being posted as the third place car in the Wood Brothers Thunderbird. 
Ricky Rudd, also three laps down, will be the fourth place car. Daryl Waltrip is fifth. Dave Marcus has moved up to the sixth spot, putting Buddy Arrington in seventh. Jody Ridley, or rather, Buddy Arrington will be eighth behind Mark Martin is seventh. Jody Ridley is ninth. Jimmy Hensley, good job for Jimmy Hensley today. He's the tenth place car. Eleventh is Slick Johnson. Twelfth is Brad Teague. Thirteenth is Jimmy Means. And fourteenth, after a long stay on pit road to replace the rear end, is going to be Joe Rutman in the Raymont car. 14 of 31 starters are going to be around here for the finish. Well, the laps wind down. Gant gets a little bit looser off the number two corner every time around. And Eli, he has used that car up today. He sure has. And the same thing off number four, Barney. Harry is now backing off just an eyelash because he comes off the turn and he jacks that wheel back and forth, left and right, trying to get the good set. He's not taking any chances right now. 497 showing on the scoreboard. Gant on a lead lap all by himself has come out of the throttle a little bit, taking no chances on it. As Travis Carter and the crew keep their fingers crossed, he's back in front of Eli Gold. Fans beginning now to rise and cheer Harry Gant on. They're standing and pointing towards the starter stand. Harry knows the directions. They're just waiting out the time. Harry Gant takes it down into turn number one, a lap and ten car lengths ahead of Bush Lindley. That car looks like it's been opened up by a can opener at both ends today with the bump and bang, but he is into the backstretch. Travis Carter and the crew just waiting his presence. One to go. I wonder if anybody is breathing in that pit area right now. Here's Gant looking past us, looking for the white flag. White flag for Harry Gant as he flashes across the start-finish line, brings it into the south end of the speedway, and all 36,500 race fans jump on their feet to cheer him on as he goes out of turn number two and down the back chute. And you can say, look at that old bandit run, because car 33, the Skull Bandit, now in turn number three. He's slowed off the pace. He's waiting and watching for the checkers. Harry Gant comes out of turn four and takes the checkered flag to win his first Winston Cup Grand National stock car victory in over 100 starts. After three runner-up finishes in 1980 and seven second-place finishes in 1981, and the Race Hill Farms crew comes out to congratulate Gant, who drove for them for a year and a half. Finally, after the frustration of last September here at Martinsville, Harry Gant has won the Gillette Atra Lap Leader Award, and he has won the Virginia National Bank 500. Let's go down to victory lane. It is a sea of green around Ned Jarrett. Yes, and Harry Gant has just crawled out of his car, a very happy individual. Harry, congratulations. Thank you, Ned. And, you know, we, Lord must have been looking after us today. All the trouble we had today, you know, it, uh, everything worked out good. Well, we knew we had the quickest car, and we'd practiced all week, you know, in one groove, and Travis set the car up, and we left it there, and it worked perfect all day. It did really look like the car was working well for you. You got a lap behind two different times, one sort of on your own making. Yeah, I didn't know I lost that one. Uh, I didn't get, I had a flat tire, and I thought I was full enough up with a caution car I could come on in, but I was afraid I was going to bust the tire off the wheel, and it would, uh, you know, tear the caliber off the brake, but I didn't know what, uh, I was that close to the caution car, that close behind me. Harry, you got to feel now that you finally got this first big win under your belt that is going to give this gold team the momentum. Yeah, we hope so. You know, uh, we've tried real hard for our, our sponsor, U.S. Tobacco, you know, our Skull and the Skull Bandit team here, and Hal Needham, Burt Reynolds, you know, the owners of the car, and we've given everything in the world we could, and, you know, everything just worked perfect today. Travis had the car set up just right, and the crew made real good pit stops. We'd, we'd gain time every time we'd pit, and uh, we've got to give... All the credit to the Skull Bandit team today, and they just done a super job. You don't even look like you're tired. Well, I could go a thousand laps here, I believe, if I was leading. <laughs> okay, Harry Dan, boy, a very happy fellow here in Victor Lane.
Barney Hall has the finish of today's Virginia National Bank 500. Well, of course, Harry Gant came home the winner here, and I don't think I've seen anybody win a race that so many fans were yelling for on those final laps as Gant did this afternoon. Gant the winner, finishing second, Butch Lindley, Neil Bonnet ran third, fourth position to Ricky Rudd, fifth to Darrell Waltrip, sixth to Dave Marcus, seventh to Mark Martin, Buddy Arrington finished eighth, ninth was Jimmy Hensley, tenth, Slick Johnson, finishing eleventh was Brad Teague, twelfth position to Jody Ridley, thirteenth to Jimmy Means, fourteenth to Joe Rutman, fifteenth position to the STP Pontiac of Richard Petty, sixteenth to J.D. McDuffie, 17th to Bobby Allison, 18th position going to Tim Richmond, 19th to Ron Bouchard, 20th spot to pole sitter Terry Labonte here this afternoon as he had all kinds of trouble here at Martinsville. Bob Shack finished 21st, 22nd position to Lenny Pond, 23rd was Earnhardt, finishing 24th, Lake Speed, 25th position to Jeff Bodine. He made a good run here today also. I think he'll be a guy to be reckoned with shortly on the Grand National Circuit. Then in 25th position, or let's make that 26th, was Morgan Shepard. Finishing 27th, Kyle Petty. 28th position to Buddy Baker. 29th would have gone to Benny Parsons. Boy, did he have a tough day here this afternoon. Finishing 30th, Donnie Allison. And 31st, D.K. Aldrich. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.